The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you, and thank you for the wonderful introduction. Today is November 21st, 2021, and here are the topics that we'll be discussed on this week's edition of the Serious Sign of the J. Ryle Show. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Kyle Rittenhouse, trembling with emotion as the court clerk read the jury's verdict. A jury acquitted him of all charges, including homicide, attempted homicide, and reckless endangerment. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? So, when you first pulled up to us, very first time, you confirmed it was him, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. You testified under oath to this jury that I'm not going to chase or investigate someone who is armed, right? That's correct. And yet you want this jury to believe now that he was a threat to you, okay, and that you perceived him as a threat, yet you continued to chase him down Burger. I didn't know if he was a threat or not. He never reached in his pockets, and I wanted to see what was happening. I figured I could talk to him at this point, or, you know, getting up to him on the second point. The House will be in order. Will Representative Gosar present himself in the well? By its adoption of House Resolution 7. 89, the House has resolved that Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona be censured. House Democrats are celebrating Friday's sweeping passage of a $2 trillion social spending bill. Now it moves to the Senate, where the razor-thin Democratic majority leaves no room for error. Online radio at its best. Put God first. Put God first in everything you do. Everything that you think you see in me, everything that I've accomplished, everything that you think I have, and I have a few things, everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. 40 years ago, March 27th, 1975, it was 40 years ago, uh, just this past March, I was flunking out of college. I had a 1.7 grade point average. I hope none of you can relate. <laughs> I had a 1.7 grade point average. I was sitting in my mother's beauty shop. They still call it beauty shops now? What do they call it now? Yeah, I was sitting in the beauty parlor. I was sitting in my mother's beauty parlor, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I see behind me this woman under the dryer. And every time she looked up, she, every time I looked up, she was looking at me, just looking me in the eye. I didn't know who she was, and I said, you know, she said, somebody give me a pen. Give me a pencil. I have a prophecy. March 27, 1975, she said, boy, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now, mind you, I was plunked out of college. 
I'm thinking about joining the army. I didn't know what I was going to do. And she's telling me I'm going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Well, I have traveled the world. And I have spoke to millions of people. But that's not the most important thing, the success that I had. The most important thing is that what she taught me and what she told me that day has stayed with me since. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. I've kept God in my life and has kept me humble. I didn't always stick with him, but he always stuck with me. So stick with him in everything you do. If you think you want to do what you think I've done, then do what I've done and stick with God. Welcome in 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the JRL show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. Of course, I'm Jay. Thank you guys so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. Uh, Man, what a beautiful message by uh, Denzel Washington. We played that earlier in the year, but it's so inspirational. I wanted to give it another run. Of course, I'm here with my main man, Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Well, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. And uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, Good morning, Kathleen Williams. Uh, Good morning, Rich Sussex. Good morning, Mama B. Uh, Good morning, uh, Mariana Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Appreciate you. The number is 347-850-1272. Travel and Life this morning. It is the holiday week, the beginning of the holiday week. So, first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hope you guys have a very safe yes. holiday. Of course, this is probably the first time many of you will be able to share this holiday with family and friends up close and personal. For those of you all who uh, follow protocols, if again, Mr. Elias, there's a lot of Negroes that said, hey, man, <laughs> We hanging out. We don't care. So to those who may be, <laughs> may be uh, spending time with family and friends for the first time since the pandemic, I hope you guys enjoy all the turkey and dressing, even though it's going to be more expensive this year. But at least you get the opportunity to have face time with family and friends. Well, well my, my, my niece, I'm going to Louisville, and I probably won't be here next next week, uh, just, just FYI. And uh, my niece... Uh, and her infinite wisdom said, "Hey, I want everybody to be, everybody to be uh, tested. Even though we've all been vaccinated, she said I'd like for everybody to be tested. So we're all doing COVID tests before we get there, just to make sure See, I'm to be on the safe." Be irresponsible. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. See, that's what everybody should do. Matter of fact, that's a damn good idea. Uh, make sure you get tested mm-hmm. before you go amongst family and friends. Because I always say, you can clean a table off at 12 o'clock. And at 12.01, someone can come and put their hands right back on that table. And all of a sudden, it's re-contaminated. So, you know, make sure mm-hmm. you do all the safe uh, guards, you know, to make sure that you and your family enjoy this season. And speaking of next weekend, we none of us will be here. We're going to take that weekend off. So, uh, last show uh, until you know the till the end of the month per se. And uh, so we want people to enjoy the four day weekend and have a great time. So at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. All right. So a lot to get into this morning. We have a lot to talk about this morning. And uh, let me just start with, you know, what we do at this time. We kind of go back and forth and talk about things that we're not going to cover uh, during the course of the show. And, man, I tell you what, action-packed show today on a lot of things that are going on outside of what we're talking about. And I guess the big thing for me, at least, 
two things. First of all, the killers of Malcolm X are the accused killers of Malcolm X, Mr. Elias Man. They have been exonerated. And wow, give me your thoughts on that because I don't think they were in jail anyway. I think that they just wanted to make sure their record was expunged. But people have been saying for years this was the case. The person who actually killed Malcolm X said that these two weren't involved, but yet still they served a significant amount of time in jail. Now it's just a matter of cleaning that record. So give me your thoughts on this one. This made major headlines, by the way, all across the country. Yeah. Your thoughts, please. Well, these two gentlemen, these two gentlemen spent two decades in jail, man. It's something that they didn't even do. Yeah. They weren't even that at the Audubon Theater. So, and 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 the bad part of it is, if you watch a documentary called "Who Killed Malcolm X," such as I did, you you'll know that it was it, the, the description that they gave of the guy that, that with the shotgun. That, that that walked up on Malcolm X and shot him was a big six four burly man. He was a big black burly man, and none of these guys fit the description. So the New York New York uh, State Police, uh, New York's Police Department, and the FBI, the FBI knew that it was not this guy. And they, they and they said uh, that the FBI and the New York uh, Police Department had all kind of people in the Audubon Theater. And they knew it wasn't these two guys, and they just they didn't say anything. They just kept their mouths closed. Yeah, so they have plain clothes officers amongst the folks that were there. And uh, mm-hmm. now that I did now see, here's the deal. I didn't know that um, that they weren't there. I, I thought they were there. I just thought that you know. Mm-hmm. But, but once again, I mean, I haven't really been following it closely. But, uh, man, I tell you what, I guess it's almost like, you know, speaking of documentaries, it's like these documentaries are leading to things, to exonerations, or in the case of R. Kelly, you know, it just kind of reopened that situation. And R. Kelly's in trouble right now because of the docuseries uh, Surviving R. Kelly. It shed a new light on the accusations that happened back in the day. And so now R. Kelly, man, he's done. He's finito. And so just real quick, man, what do you think about these docuseries, man, that come out and highlight things or highlight rights and wrongs? And now all of a sudden people are, you know, people are re-looking at these things. Good, bad? Should they stay out the way? Give me your thoughts on that one real quick. <laughs> Actually, no, I think they should keep going with them, man. I mean, it sheds light uh, on the uh, on, on certain subjects, man. Like the guy that did the documentary on Malcolm X, he's researched this guy for for the for the most part of his life. He's been researching the death of Malcolm X for the, for the most part of his life. And the only reason he said that he said that he, him and Malcolm X became you know Malcolm X became his hero is because the police officers in New York accosted him because he was he was dating a white woman. And they 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 took him and they were they were talking about killing him because he was dating a white woman. So, you know, Malcolm X was his hero. So this guy, man, that's all he did was research Malcolm X and found out and he became a Muslim and he found out what was going on in the Muslim. So uh, the mosque. So I, I I think they should keep going, man. As long as as long as they're responsible and it's no no fictitious journalism. That's that's one thing I need to add because you can you, you can tell any story and, and lie about it. And well, and that's the reason why I ask because a lot of people are saying, you know, what this is Hollywood spin on what happened. But when you say or make comments like that, you're really discarding the, you know, the work of people who are investigative journalists and doing their thing to try to resolve the issues, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I watched that uh, that, that 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 documentary on um, Mike Brown with Stranger Fruit, where the guy came out and he was shooting a documentary on it, man. And it, it up, you could tell when it upsets a lot of a lot of law enforcement, a lot of people like that. Yeah, you could tell. You know, it's not the uh, <laughs> it's not the uh, what they're looking for. Right. Exactly, you know. But but here's something else too, and I know if Jerome was here, uh, if he were here, he would, you know, he would probably disagree with my assessment on this, and, and you know, he'll probably go back and listen to the show like he always does. And by the way, Jerome will be here after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. The deal is, uh, I don't know if you saw this with the news, where a mob, you know, they have these flash mobs where people say meet at a certain place at a certain time. Then all of a sudden, bam, they do whatever. They may break out and dance. They may break out of the song. You know, you've seen in the past where the ensemble of Lion King, they would show up in a mall and start performing some of the songs from the hit Broadway hit uh, show. This was one of a different kind, Ms. Delia. And I'm, I'm so livid by this. Uh, uh, so a flash mob showed up at a Nordstrom in, I think it was Oakland, California. They blocked the streets off. And a whole bunch of Negroes ran into the store and stole and looted the place. And, and you know, the thing is, man, wow. when you see stuff like that, it just, you know, it irks me, man, because at the end of the day, you know, people are already looking at us in a certain way, right? They're always looking at us. And there are people out there, young black kids, who don't understand the gravity of what they do. Now, I'm not this. I'm not saying that white kids don't do stuff like that, but I don't care about what white folks do. I'm concerned about what happens with my community, and these kids don't give a damn. All they're concerned about is stealing, and these are the folks who make who makes peaceful protests. You give these folks, the people on the right, ammunition when you do stuff like this. I, I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous, man. It is totally ridiculous. Well. Jay, you know something, man? After the Jeff Turn sixth insurrection, the way white folks cover up, man. Well, see, there you, know, you go. See, I, okay. Yeah, I know. There I go. They cover. They, they, they. Come on now. Let's call it. Let's call it. The Two wrongs don't make. Well, yeah, you're right. You, you just said it. Let's call it what it is. Two wrongs don't make a right, Mr. Elias. You're 100% right. So when you start doing what's right, I'll start doing what's right. But until then, uh. I don't care. I really don't. After you, you, you attack police officers, and this is what you stand on. You kill police officers. Come on, stop. Yeah, stop. So they give black stop. folks the right to go in and loot, right? So, so in other no, words, y'all like keep breaking along. We don't keep breaking along. What are you talking about? The right to do anything. What it gives me the right to do is not see anything against it. I'm gonna do just like they do. That's what it gives me the right. Oh, to okay. So, you, so two wrongs makes a right. So two wrongs. Okay, there you go. So, so we're gonna sit here and turn the blind eye like, to people okay, in our community. That's what they do. Well, that's, well, that's what they do. So then, as monkey see, monkey do. That's what we're saying. We're gonna do exactly what they do because I am. You call it what you want to. Call it what you want to. I am. For me to sit there and call it out. And, and, and they not call it out. Hell, you got a congressman that's so, so, walking okay. the, the door. So wait a minute. And it's like it's a walk in the park. You wouldn't have known any difference. You got so you're in, cr- the, in, the, in the Capitol building. Come on, stop. <laughs> so when you're criticizing out, them. You are criticizing I, them. I, I you I think that. No, no, no. Yes, you are. You are saying that these people are despicable for not calling out what happened on January 6th. 
So you are calling them out for what they are not doing. You are doing the exact same go, thing, but you're justifying it because. Okay, when well, there you low, go. I you are at the low. bottom of there the pan, go. sir. All right, we got to go. All right, it's time for the NPR. I will be well, there. Stay, Mr. Elias. All right, so NPR News updates coming up next. Miss Vanessa has made her way here. We'll hear from her on the other side. It's the serious side. On a beautiful Sunday, happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you after the break. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Authorities in Atlanta are searching for the man whose gun went off at an airport security checkpoint at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. The incident led to chaos among passengers and led officials to order a temporary ground stop on flights ahead of a busy travel week. Authorities have identified the man as a 42-year-old former convict named Kenny Wells. He fled through an airport exit after his gun went off. Atlanta-based Delta Airlines is just one carrier that says it expects flights to bounce back to near pre-pandemic levels over the Thanksgiving travel period. From member station WABE, Lily Oppenheimer gives us a snapshot of how airports are bracing for the holiday rush. This time last year, many Americans were driving to see their loved ones. Now Delta officials expect more than 5 million people on board, with air travel numbers bouncing back and restrictions lifting, including the recent opening of the U.S. borders to fully vaccinated international travelers. Delta's chief health officer, Dr. Henry Ting, says the federal TSA mask mandate is still in place and is encouraging passengers to get a negative COVID test and wash their hands as much as they can while they fly. That's especially true for the more than 2 million people projected to pass through Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson International, known as America's busiest airport. For NPR News, I'm Lily Oppenheimer in Atlanta. China has released three videos that purport to show the missing tennis star Peng Shui alive and well. Peng disappeared from the public eye this month after accusing the country's former vice premier of sexual assault. NPR's Emily Fang says the videos have only sparked more pure. One cell phone video shared on Twitter allegedly shows Peng Shui entering a Beijing restaurant Saturday night. A second shows her bowing and waving at a youth tournament this weekend. However, all mentions of Peng remain completely censored within China, and Twitter, where the videos were shared, is blocked in China. Multiple tennis stars and the head of the Women's Tennis Association have pressed China to let Peng speak for herself. To Ohio now, where the state's Republican governor, Mike DeWine, has signed a controversial congressional district map into law. Ohio Public Radio's Joe Ingalls reports that the maps are expected to give the GOP a strong advantage in the state. The map will be in effect for the next four years, and Democrats and map-drawing experts say it will likely allow the GOP to win 12 out of the state's 15 congressional districts. The Democrats say much of the work was done behind closed doors, blocking them out of the process. This is the first time congressional maps have been drawn under a new voter-approved process intended to yield less partisan maps. A legal challenge on the new congressional map is likely. There are three lawsuits before Ohio's Supreme Court challenging legislative district maps. For NPR News, I'm Joe Ingalls in Columbus. And this is NPR News. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents 
to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. We, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Immediately after, Rittenhouse burst into tears, overwhelmed by the moment. Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? Would you wish the jury pulled? The 18-year-old's mother and sisters breaking down in the gallery. Rittenhouse and his defense team claimed it was self-defense. He shot and killed Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber in Maine Gage Grosskreutz during the protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year. Today, a jury agreed after four days of deliberation. Rittenhouse's attorney spoke after the verdict. He wishes none of this would have ever happened. But as he said when he testified, he did not start this. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best after 12. After 25 hours of deliberation, the 12-person jury acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse of all five charges he faced after fatally shooting two people and wounding a third during protests in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin last summer. Rittenhouse was charged with five felonies, first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, attempted first-degree intentional homicide, two counts of first-degree reckless endangering safety. A lesser gun charge was dropped by the judge earlier during the trial. Let's start the conversation right there, and let's say good morning to my big sis, Miss Vanessa May Bell, is in the house. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Sorry that I'm late. And Ned, uh, thank you for checking on me yesterday. Glad to be yeah, here, guys. Yeah, Always praying for you, sweetie. Always. So now, um, let's go ahead and get into this. And, Mr. Elias, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't mind if we go to the lovely Miss Vanessa first on this particular topic. Um, you know, you know, to say that uh, I'm not shot. I'm pretty sure I could probably speak for most of America. But, Vanessa, let me get your thoughts on this. Because, you know, when I was reading the lead before we jumped into you know, the lead, you know, the one charge that sticks out to me that they didn't find him guilty on, two counts of first-degree reckless endangering of safety. So a young kid running down the street with a, with a armed and loaded AR-15, that's not, in, that's not reckless. I, I, I'm confused. And, you know, listen, you can come back and say, you can, listen, 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 I'm going to try to play devil's advocate here because you can, even though I think it's BS, come back and say, okay, 
the burden of proof for these other charges are so high, and if the jurors are following the letter of the law, which probably when you talk to these people after the fact, that's what they're going to claim to have been the issue for them, you can say, okay, did the prosecution prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt? And if you didn't think they did, then as a juror, it is your duty and your oath to vote not guilty because the bar is so high and a lot of people are critical of the charges anyway. And that's why you saw the uh, later in the trial, towards the end, the prosecution tried to say, hey, can we put some lesser gun charges in? And, and other charges, I should say. And they were like, nah, you know, yeah, whatever. So I can see maybe them saying, look, he didn't prove the reasonable of the doubt for first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, attempted first-degree. Anytime you see first-degree, that's a whole different ballgame, intentional homicide. But the two counts of first-degree, Vanessa, reckless endangering safety, how the hell can you justify not finding this underage, gun-toting, militant, he wasn't endangering public safety. How can you come to that conclusion after, you know, all the evidence that we've seen and everything that's out there in the media? Okay, you ready? Set go. You ready? Okay, it's real easy. He's white. Oh, wow, thanks. That's a dramatic drop in what you say. He's white. Yeah, you're right. He's white. He's white. So remember last week when I got the two confused and I came on and I was ranting and raving about Rittenhouse and I said, I'm going to stop looking at the mess because I know he's going to get away with it. And you said, Vanessa, we're not talking about him. We're talking about the other case. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Do you remember that? That's what happened. That's what happened. So I told you then. That's a little boy that's going to get away with it. Because I said, I'm stop looking at it because he's going to get off. So I said last Sunday. But you're not a prophet. Vanessa, you're not a prophet. I think all of us, all of us thought that, Vanessa. No, we're just just having a conversation. When the judge was telling the jurors to leave the room, he was setting it up then. I mean, yeah. I guess this happens so much that I am not even angry. I'm, I'm, that now, see, that, that's me. wrong. Let me tell you what bothers me. Let me tell y'all what bothers me. That's wrong. What bothers you me is the other side mm-hmm. over here was ranting and raving this morning because MSNBC was talking about they offered this child an uh, internship in Congress. That's what yes. the hell bothers me. Is that you take right. a murderer packing a gun and you offer him a job with Congress? That's what bothers. Okay, Vanessa. Breathe. Exactly. No, no, don't breathe. You, see, this is what we need. That's, what That's why you should me. be upset. Yes, exactly. That's what bothers me. You are absolutely me. correct. This is a white yes. boy with his gun packing, murdering behind, ends up with an internship because he's white and he murdered people. He gets an internship for being a murderer. Yes. Okay, that's what bothers me. Is the moral exactly. him getting away doesn't bother me because you know what? I ain't surprised because hell, it's been happening all of these years. 
white folk been getting away with hanging black folk and doing stuff and dragging them behind cars and everything else. So because he got away with killing some other white people, okay, I'm sorry, they white people. Okay, whatever. But now, stop because see the big Vanessa. The bigger picture here is they were supporting a black cause, so we can see. So, 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 so they should have. So, I know, I know, I know. Well, it is. Same way. Yes. I understand that they were at a rally for black people, and that's why he's gotten away with it. That's why the movie stars posted his two million dollar bail and all of that stuff, y'all. Mm. <laughs> mm. I just it's I, okay. I can't. I'm just not take a deep breath. I just I, I, what, what, I can't what, even. What, what, I can't even. I'm so used to this now. Sick of this. I'm so right. so sick of this that exactly. I, I can't even. It's hard to make me speechless. I'm just speechless with all of this. When they said he got off, I said okay. And yep. they were like, you ain't met. No, I figured that little boy was going to get off because the judge kept sending the jurors out. They kept dropping charges. Yep. He was trying to make some fake pills come out. The mama was sitting back there coaching him to try to cry. It was just a movie. It was just Chaplin. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm gl- Okay, so now take a deep breath. But, but this country, look, look, look. Did you, see, mm-hmm. you didn't see what I post on Facebook. I said, this country is in trouble. And I got side messages left. I didn't get people making comments on it, but some did. But I got side messages that said, Vanessa, you know what, you're right. And they were white people from my old job. They just didn't want to be on Facebook showing that they understood what I said. I said, this world, is, this country is going to hell in a handbasket or something when a white person guns down another white person and gets old. This is not old, though. This is not old. It's not old because the Freedom Riders, you know, they did that to white white folks back when they were supporting African Americans you know, on the bus rides. People my yeah, but, age but, and people younger yeah. than me didn't know anything about that, and they were mess they were messaging me from my old job saying, "Vanessa, you know what you write," because he shouldn't have got off with that. Just white people said yeah. he shouldn't have got off. Well, you know that's a fact, Jack. All right, let me let me get some uh, lip time from Mr. Elias. Right. All right, dude. Uh, right. You know. None of us are surprised. That's why I said Vanessa's not going to give herself a gold star. Like, hey, I told you so, because all of us said the exact same thing. Uh, there was no, there was no. Listen, there was no doubt in my military mind that that kid was going to walk. And the fact that you have people like Congressman Gates, who's, hey, we're going to give him an internship. Man, what's going on in America is something that is uh, unprecedented, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this, you know, I was watching something the other day, and they talked about how a lot of this stuff used to go on, on you know, dark places on the web, and, you know, you never, you know, if so, if a congressperson, it was toxic for them to get involved in stuff like this. They wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. But it's like, hey, hey, listen, uh, come on and be a, uh intern. And then Representative Gosar, hey, I'm going to arm wrestle you, Matt Gates, for the opportunity to hire me for my office. These people are on a whole different level of ridiculousness and stupidity. Give me your thoughts, man, on the trial. Give me your thoughts on the verdict. And what should happen next to this young militant bastard? Well, Jay, this is, this is when I call for people to vote, 
This is the reason I call for people to vote. Because if that judge hadn't, if people get out and voted, that judge wouldn't have been in, 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 in his position to taint, the, to taint the trial. You know, there's no way my black ass could have crossed state lines with a gun that was illegally bought. He didn't. He didn't me. cross state lines with that gun. I've, I've confirmed that he did not. It was already he, it well, was handed to him. But but I get your point. You mean you mean you mean when he went home, he went back to his friend's house and dropped it off, or did he take it across state lines when he? Well, went Well, I get your point. I mean, what I'm arguing is schematic. I mean, real. I know what you're saying. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, this judge tainted the whole trial. Let's call it what it I is. I think so. You know, I, I really I, do. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, uh, look, this is the reason you need to get out and vote, folks. If you don't have a reason why you should get out and vote, this is it. This man would not allow them to this is not a good anything reason. after. Oh, they this is a great reason to get no, out. No, no, not. You, you know why? Let me tell you, I'm going to bust your bubble right here. Guess why? You know why? Because okay. guess what? This is the year where Republicans are changing the district. The Republicans are setting the stage where it doesn't matter. You could be in a district where everybody is vote Democratic. The way the district is set up, it ain't going to matter, Ms. Delias. So well, that's, that's why, why people say, say why am I voting? Go to, get in Joe Manchin's ass. And, but and, Joe Manchin ain't got nothing to do with this. Oh, boy, boy, boy. That is, Ms. Delias, the Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act and the John Lewis Bill Act, they, they, they stopped the gerrymandering, Jake. Stop reading. Look it up. Okay. They okay. stopped the gerrymandering. So right, they need to get in Joe Manchin's ass about that filibuster so that, that we can save our democracy. But, hey, we, we, don't, we don't even pay attention to this kind of stuff, man. We, do, okay. we don't. We don't. We don't. The trial, was a, it was a sham. It was a travesty of justice. And, hey, hey look, we all knew what it was. Nobody was, nobody black was surprised that he got off. Nobody. I, I can't you know what? one person I know is surprised. You're right. You know, you, know why, you know why you're right, Mr. Elias? Because we didn't see a whole bunch of folks outside that courthouse. Normally, like if this would have happened two, three years ago, oh, my God. It was right, Jay. Did it? They were like, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, why go? I mean, we knew what was going to happen. Why go and get <laughs> Well, think about it. I was shocked that I'm like, yeah, they're gonna tear that bitch down, please. They were like, yeah, well, you know what? We're not gonna waste, whatever, you know. All right, look, the smartest man in the yeah. world is uh, his uh, graces with his presence, the one and only Mister Jerome Street, <laughs> and he's gone. Yeah, he's okay, well, when he comes back, he'll be back. All right, so um, you know, you know, you can tell that here's the thing that makes it scary for me. This is becoming par for the course. And if you play golf, you know mm-hmm. what that term means. Part for the course. Mm-hmm. Which simply means if yeah. you don't play golf, this is just, you know, what's to be expected. When you play golf, if it's a par four, you know, if you get there in four shots, we expect you to get there in four shots. You get a prize when you get there in three shots or if you get there in two shots. And then you get penalized if you get there in over four shots if it's a par four. I know that's too much information on a beautiful Sunday morning, but basically that's what that means. Because someone actually asked me, what does that mean? Part for the course means simply it's just normal stuff. And that's what it is. It's normal stuff. I mean, for someone to think that that kid was going to walk away, you had to be on some type of, on, on some special marijuana, uh, Vanessa, because there was no way that was going to happen. And like you said, Ms. Elias, I, here's the thing that gets me, and, and I want to talk about this in the last, oh, we have plenty of time, 10 minutes. I want to talk about this, how 
we sit here and say we 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 look at countries like Russia and China, you know, and North Korea, where you have one person making a decision for everybody, and you know, it's not a democracy. It's not a democracy. I, judges to me. They shouldn't have life. They shouldn't have lifetime, you know, lifetime appointments. I really and truly don't believe that on the Supreme Court because these people are folks just like us. They have feelings. It's not like because you're a judge that means that you you can't break the law. That means you're a judge. You can't be racist. If you're a judge, you can't be you know political uh, with your your thought processes. If that's the case, people wouldn't. Have, I don't know what all that noise is. Please mute your mic if you're moving around. Um, if you are political. That's why it was such a big fuss made when President Obama didn't have the opportunity to name his Supreme Court justice because everybody knows that he would have named someone that would, you know, lean more liberal uh, versus uh, someone on the other side that will be more conservative. So play a role in politics. I just, man, this stuff bothers me, man. How someone can sit. And watch this judge, yeah, can sit and watch this judge do what he did, in my opinion. Mr. Elias, like you said, a lot of the things he did was done outside of the jury. But if you, and I'm going to give it to you right after this point, Ms. Vanessa, if you are sitting in the jury box and the defense is allowed to present their case, call people who were shot and killed. You can't call them victims because that, you know, that, that, that puts some, you know, that creates a bias with the jury, right? But the defense is allowed to call the people who were shot rioters and and then Tifa and all this other stuff uninterrupted. And then as soon as the prosecution starts presenting his case, every 10 minutes we're being asked to walk out the room. So I'm thinking, well, I don't know what's going on, but apparently the prosecution ain't doing something right. Right? I mean, how is that not planning bias with the jury? Go ahead, Vanessa. Dang, I forgot my train of thought. But, okay, so. (laughs) Sorry. I did. That's why sometimes I be trying to get it in. Okay. So what I would really like for the young people to understand and grasp, and if y'all hear me, tell your other friends that it is so, even though it's not a presidential election, that you go and you vote because the judges make such a big difference as to what is going to happen with our children be it black or white children. The judges that they have put, Trump has put so many Republican judges in place. People wasn't even paying attention except when we would announce it on the show how many judges were put into place. So people don't understand and children don't understand. Or I say children because I'm, I'm 59. Well, I will be next week. But anyway, young people don't understand the importance of going to vote other than presidential election, because Trump is setting the cards up where we're going to lose. He did it. He, everybody was looking at him. He was doing all kinds of stuff with the judges. Take, for example, you know what? That black boy who was jogging and got killed, so I, that's who's going to get. Those people are going to be in trouble. They're going to, they're going to jail. So somebody got to take one for the team. And let the Republicans or let the black people or let the people that are frustrated get one on their side. And it's going to be, they're going to push them out and we're going to take that one. You watch. They're going to get them. But they let the other white boy who couldn't, they're going to get him 
because we got to get something out of this. They ain't going to have two different people on trial and nobody ends up going to prison. So yeah, well, the little well, white we're talking boy, about that next. Rittenhouse, yeah, Rittenhouse. I call him, I call him the little white boy. I know his name is Rittenhouse. The little white boy, he couldn't squeeze pills out of his eyes who almost fell out the chair and passed out because even he thought his ass was going to jail. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. So he, even he, he thought he, he was going to jail. That. There's no he way. slid he under the not. desk. He, yeah. but he, slid, he was so relieved that he slid yeah. under the desk, still yeah. trying to squeeze out tears and couldn't squeeze them out. That's what made yeah. me nauseous. That's yeah, what, he, so he, people get out in boats. Get yeah. out and vote because I don't care if you know anything about those judges. Just go in there and press Democrat and come out. Go in there and yeah. say, this judge, this judge, this person, Democrat, 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 Democrat. I don't care to know anything about this. They decide to do Republican. That's fine. But y'all need to go and, and, and vote. That's okay. Y'all need to go vote. Yeah. Well, well, that's fine. I mean, and you know, and the thing is, is you know, like uh, – talk about all the time and you know Mr. Elias brought up he, he ends his uh his he ends his closing remarks always get out and vote but you know when the other side is playing chess not checkers you can go and vote all you damn want to because we don't care yeah, because we, we we have said we have set it up where <laughs> you know it's almost like when you go to uh to, to like a uh you know one of the things that used to get me when I go to like the arcades and I see that you know they have that little machine where you can you know, move the little, you know, joystick and try to grab something out of it, and you, you know, you try to pick it up, and you, then when you go back and look, you can see they got that thing so tucked in there so tight, you ain't gonna ever get that. You, you, you're never, you're never gonna pull that thing out of that machine. When it's rigged, it really doesn't matter. And like, okay, go ahead and vote. I mean, and so now, the, so, so look, check this out. So, so check this out. Hey, don't tell so, people that it's rigged. Don't do that. It Jay. is. Vanessa, I'm, listen, I'm Jay, telling people the truth. Vanessa, the truth yeah, is the truth. Vanessa. The, the bottom line is. Look at, look at Galveston. You're, you're right. We're, just gonna, gonna, we're not going to say anything. That's why people are going to vote because they always say it's rigged anyway. Why no, 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 no. People, people don't go to vote because they say that my, my vote is not going to count anyway. So when you tell them the reason why their vote is not counting, then they can focus their charge on what the real problem is versus saying that the, the voting process doesn't work. Because if the Republicans stop cheating, voting would work. This country has been voting center-left for the longest, but yet, once again, and I say this often on this show, most of the state houses are ran by Republicans. And the reason they're doing that, and so now they're even trying to up their game. So it's like, uh, you know, you're trying to find a way. you got a leak. It's a, you try to check all the cracks to make sure you got them all sealed. So now they're saying, well, damn, we still lost after all the crap we did to try to steal this election. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give states the right to say, eh, if you voted for a president and if the state board commission person doesn't like it, they can overturn the results of the people. They, they can just say, well, that election didn't count. We're going to go ahead and give it to the person who we want to win. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. That is it's, what it's they're doing, in, folks. It's happened in Texas right now. It, it happened exactly. in Exactly. Don't even get me started with these people here. I, I mean, it, it's, it happened it's, in Galveston. It, it's hilarious. It, it, it would be so funny if it wasn't for real. This is happening on. This is happening live, live, all the way live. Don't even have to walk. 
don't even have to drive. This is happening right here. And here's the thing that's so crazy. Everybody wants to vote. And see, once again, when you're playing with a sign, Vanessa, that's playing chestnut checkers, they want you to be talking about the John Lewis Act. They want you to be talking about all this other stuff. Because you know what they're doing in state houses all over America? Because you can sit there and talk about the Supreme Court justices. You can talk about voting in the midterms, all that crap. That's great. What they're doing in the light of day, but in the shadow of day, is that they're going in and they're changing laws at state houses outside of the reach of the federal government so that they can gerrymander districts. The federal government can only do so much. This is what they're doing in broad daylight. So they want you to look at the big, big object, you know? That's what they want you to do. So they can do this underhand nonsense that they continue to do all over this country. And they're just, all they're doing is checking their seals. If there's a leak here, we're going to fix it. So guess what? If we can not only change the districts, but let's say for some odd reason they convince a certain percentage of white folks that, hey, you know what? And I'm not going to say white folks. I'm going to say conservatives. If they, if they convince a certain percentage of the GOP that, hey, you know what, maybe we're wrong. Okay, we got a fix for that. So if the chairman doesn't work, we'll put somebody in charge of the election boards where they can just sit there and say, oh, we don't care what y'all say, we're going to vote what we think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing to, to, to watch this take place, you know, right here in broad daylight. It's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, what, what do you say? It gets... Uh, it gets harder to find words every day when we talk about this, these types of things. Whew. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for Kavina um, uh, time. Uh, Informing us unless something that you need to know. Let's just play it. I need to collect my thoughts because as I, the more I talked about this, I started getting pissed off. So let me go somewhere and breathe into a paper bag. And uh, it's convenient time. Informative, <laughs> something uh, that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. Jesus. Online radio at its best. When environmentalists called for the end of gas-powered cars, they used to get laughed at. Life without tailpipes was seen as well. A pipe dream. But now, the prospect of phasing out gas cars is being taken very seriously. NPR's Camila Dominoski takes a look at just how quickly the idea has gone mainstream. The advocacy group Kultura wants America to stop using gasoline. And just a few years ago, its main tools in that fight were things like breakup themed music videos. And performance art. We did what's called the Ghost of Gasoline. Actors that were dressed up in their white bodysuits with with hoses and nozzles. Matthew Metz is the co-executive director of Cultura, and he says art like this got people talking. But when Cultura tried to propose actual laws to end the sale of gas cars, people laughed. They're not laughing anymore. Cultura helps write legislation now. Tesla is the world's most valuable automaker, Ford is making an electric F-150, and General Motors plans to go entirely electric. 
and around the world. Iceland, United Kingdom, Sweden, Norway. Sandra Babelhorst is with the International Council on Clean Transportation. They've been tracking which governments have set dates for ending the sale of new gas cars. And yes, she's still going. Canada and two provinces, British Columbia and Quebec. The big climate talks that just ended last week included a call to phase out gas-powered cars worldwide by 2040. The European Union might mandate that change by 2035. In the U.S., the federal government wants to reduce the number of gas vehicles, but hasn't embraced a total phase-out. Some states have, though. California, Massachusetts, and New York all plan to end gas car sales within 15 years. And those state orders and laws haven't even been that controversial. Trina Saha lives in Queens, and she doesn't know anyone who got up in arms about New York's new law. Yeah, I think more people in New York were mad about uh, soda limitations than they'd be about, like, gas-powered vehicles. <laughs> Today, Saha fills her Toyota Corolla with gas, but she says the car's features are more important than how it's powered. I mean, if it gets you from A to B... And figures she'll probably get an electric vehicle eventually, no big deal. But the key word there might be eventually. A gas car phase-out by 2030 or 2035 might still feel far away to most people, which could explain the lack of backlash. And it could also be a problem. Jasmine Sanders is with the group Our Climate. She says if states actually want to hit these targets, changes to industry and infrastructure need to happen immediately. We have to go ahead and start doing this now. We cannot wait until 2034 and then telling people, no, you can't buy that gas vehicle. And those changes are hard. Gas and diesel vehicles make up 97% of new car sales. Electric vehicles are a tiny, expensive slice of the market. If they explode in popularity, we'll need a ton more chargers and transmission lines, not to mention changes to factories and consumer behavior. In short, America has not broken up with gasoline yet, and it's got a long way to go. But the idea that the age of gas cars is ending, it's not a fringe proposal anymore. It's under serious consideration in the halls of power. In fact, that anti-gasoline music video a few years back, it featured a cameo from a woman with a blonde bob enthusiastically lip-syncing along about the urgent need to give up gasoline. That was Jennifer Granholm, better known today as the Secretary of Energy. Online radio at its best. But hadn't at this point he demonstrated not once, not twice, but three times he did not want to talk to you. Uh, which, when, when I'm at the stop, when I stop the bird? Mm-hmm. Right, because mm-hmm. you pulled up to him once, he doesn't want to talk to you. You back up, he doesn't want to talk to you. You pull down Burford, your dad's yelling, cut him off, cut him off. And all of a sudden, he runs back, he doesn't want to talk to you. That's three times he's demonstrated to you that he does not want to talk to you, correct? Yes. He's also demonstrated he's no threat to you. He hasn't pulled out a gun. That's correct. He hasn't said one word to you. He has not. He's not threatened you in any way, verbally or physically. No, ma'am. No knives. No knives. All right. He's not swearing at you, <sighs> using profanity or anything like that, is he? Didn't talk. So at this point, you get out of the truck, correct? That's correct. And you get out with your shotgun. No, I got out when my father got out to get in the back, and then my shotgun slipped and it was in the floorboard. 
where my feet were all over it. Once I'm out of the vehicle, it was safe to, you know, I'm not going to reach out. I wasn't going to grab it while Mr. Arbery was right there. There's no reason for it. He's run off. I'm on the side of the truck, so at that point, I grabbed the shotgun out of the floorboard and put it back on the seat. Your dad gets out with his 357 Magnum, correct? I didn't know if he had it on him or not. I, or I knew he had it, but I didn't see it. I didn't, he didn't have it in his hand. So he didn't have it in his hand because he ran about 10 yards down the road after Mr. Arbery? He didn't run down the road after Mr. Arbery. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It's 52 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Now, the voice you just heard was the voice of one of Mont Arbery's killers, uh, Travis McMichael, who took the witness stand this past Wednesday in his murder trial over the February 2020 killing of uh, Mont the defense, as they began to launch their phase of uh, the trial, the prosecution rested uh, its case uh, this past Tuesday. Let's uh, start the conversation there. I'm not sure if any one of you two saw when uh, the, the prosecution uh, cross-examined this guy. And um, it's for any up-and-coming lawyer, any trial lawyer, if you are a person who's trying to learn the business and all those good things, it was a clinical display of how to take down a witness. What really shocked me a little bit when I watched it was the fact that the defense, they didn't really object to her line of questioning. And except for a few times, but it was classical because she didn't give them the opportunity to, uh, to, you know, object to her line of questioning because she stayed right there between the letters. We talked about, you know, both of these trials were going on at the same time with Rittenhouse and what's going on uh, in Georgia. And maybe the people in uh, uh, Wisconsin should have been watching what was going on. Uh, in Georgia, because that's a clinical takedown. Uh, once again, welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, so let me. Uh, which one of you all did any of you two see the cross examination of of uh, of this Big Michael character? Did anyone watch this? Because I, I want to start with you first, and then we'll swing around to the one who didn't see it or who is less, you know, who wasn't it. So tell me, did you see it, Mister Elias? I saw bits and pieces of it, you know, through through the news cycle, man. That's that's the only way I was saying it, you know. What about you, Vanessa? You see it's any of well, it at all? Well, uh, I think it was mainly through the news cycle. Okay, well, okay, so you guys are probably armed with the same amount of information. All right, so we can just go ahead and start talking. All right, I watched the whole thing, and it was riveting to watch her technically you know, dismantled him. She basically got him to admit on the stand, right, that mm-hmm. Mr. Arbery wasn't a threat to him, that when he was jogging down the street, Arbery, that when he, when the Ku Klux Klan pulled up next to him and tried to get him to stop, he went the other way. So he tried everything in his power to avoid a confrontation with these gentlemen and when you listen to this guy talk about how he was trying to get him to stop and talk to him you know hey you know i just want to talk to him 
<laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you're jogging down the street, and all of a sudden a pickup truck, two of them, because the guy, remember the guy who was recording the thing was in a pickup truck behind the, you know, the father and son, Dukes of Hazard. So, so you're running down the street, jogging, and a group <laughs> of folks pull up next to you, yelling at you. Hey, what you call Dukes of Hazard, the Duke boys, you know. <laughs> you know, you think, and this is the thing that I think sometimes people fail to get juries to realize, Mr. Elias. It kind of reminds me of that movie, a time that was it, a time to kill where mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey told them to close their eyes. And he described what happened to that black girl. And at the end, he said, just imagine that she's white. And every juror in that jury pool said, wait a minute, that could have been little Becky Sue that's at home right now. Could have been my daughter. How would you feel if this happened to your daughter? How would you feel if this happened to you? And see, we have the pleasure, the, the, the privilege, guys, to know what their intent were. Their intentions were. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. The citizens arrest garbage and all this nonsense. And, the, and, and to the two well, yeah. And then they didn't even tell the police that they were trying to do that. They didn't even tell Ahmaud Arbery, hey, you're under arrest. They didn't yell any of that stuff. None of it. So, so, and this kind of goes back to the Rittenhouse trial. You know, one of the things that the prosecution said that I agreed with is, how the hell are you going to claim self-defense when you were the threat in the beginning? People had the right to try to eliminate the threat. Nobody knows what you're there doing. You're running down the street with a freaking AR-15. And these guys probably came at you to try to disarm you. So if you create the situation, you create the threat, how the hell can you come back and say, well, you know, it's self-defense? So I guess if the guys would have wrestled the gun away from Rittenhouse and shot shot him, could they come back and say, well, it's self-defense? We didn't know what this guy was going to do. Come on. Mm-hmm. So, so coming no, back to this – didn't Rittenhouse go up to a police officer and say, hey, I just shot somebody, and they said, go home? I don't know. Go I don't. Home. You know, I think I heard something like that. He gave him water or whatever the case may be, go home. And, go home. And yeah, well, you know. And then back to the police department. Okay, so how many black people can go up to a cop and say, I just shot somebody, and they're going to tell them to go home. They would have handcuffed well, their butt up and threw them up against the car, but they well, put on their throat. Yeah. I was watching the case this morning about an Asian American young man who now they found new video of of uh, police and their report said that he had pointed this BB gun at him, which they didn't know what it was. And now there's video showing that he didn't point anything. He was in the universal yeah, position man. of I surrender, and they shot him anyway. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this has been going on as long as old as the republic is. But getting back to this particular situation, you know, Mr. Elias, I don't think. You know, remember, let me remind you guys, this is the same uh, uh, trial where the defendants and lawyers got up and talked about Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al being in the, in the, in the uh, courtroom, said mm-hmm. that there should be more, uh, should be more bubbles on the, yeah, yeah, more bubbles on the jury <laughs> pool, um, you know, and then going back to Rittenhouse, which is something that we didn't point out in that first segment, that Kenosha is 55% black but they had one black juror on the jury but you know i have digress let's let's stick with this one. so mr elias um i don't think these these, these the good old boys are going to get off what do you think i, think I no not on this one 
hell, hell, when the when the one when the one of them said, "Hey, I want to make a plea deal," you know damn well he knows it's going bad. Yeah, that's the guy that was on the video <laughs> camera. He's, <laughs> he's looking at this hey, like, no, I, I this ain't turning out good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pre-deal with y'all. Come on, let me let me make this pre-deal real quick, cause I I'm not going down with this clown, you know. So hey man, anytime that happens, you know they're in trouble. They are they are definitely in trouble. And and the way that lawyer cross-examined him, oh man, there was nothing they could object to. What could they object to when she said? So you at all at all costs you didn't tell him that this is a citizen's arrest. Nothing. None, none to that to that nature. And he said, no. I'm thinking to myself, then what are you talking about citizens arrest for? Why are you trying to stop this? And this man tried to avoid you at all costs. He broke no laws, no nothing. And he went away from you, and you tracked him down. So you were looking to do something to this man. You didn't care what happened. That was what you were doing. You were looking to harm him. And that's, that's the one thing about the Rittenhouse case that, that, that hey, man, we better watch out because, if they feel that like they can get away with that, hey man, all Black Lives Matter protests and uh, rallies or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna come there with armed and ready to go, because that's what they do. That's yep. what they do. It set a precedent. You can say it didn't, but it did. Well, it's a uh, it's a crying shame to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I kind of laughed at this whole thing. The third guy was like, "Hey, you know, I need to." You know, this ain't going good. I need to go ahead and uh, uh, plead, plead out. And it's funny, but you know the, the whole everything that's been going on with police violence towards African Americans, Vanessa. You know this whole thing. These wannabe rental cops. You know, look at what happened with Trayvon Martin uh, back in the day. You know these people. I, I'm just. I'm watching something on MSNBC now. They're showing Republican GOP members trying to. I know what you're looking hey, at. I'm looking at it too. It, I am too. That's it, all I'm looking it, at. It's it's it's, it's uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. this is pathetic, you know. And I like what Corey Bush said. She said, "Well, wow, they're recruiting a guy whose only qualification was killing people who were supporting uh, Black Lives Matter." Wow. I mean, these people should be expelled. There should be some type of rules to do this, but you know, it is what it is. But Vanessa, do you think these boys are going to get off? in this uh, trial of Ahmaud Arbery, based on everything you've seen so far? Well, like I said, somebody has got to, somebody, it's two cases that was going on at the same time, and somebody got to pay the piper. And these people were, and when, that's why I just fell out when you called them. years or more. 
I do. I, I think that that's the fact that she that's not a long period of time because that means they can get off and they can get out and walk the streets in five years. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Well, okay. Okay. I didn't know what your definition was. To me, I thought you were thinking anything less than ten. I think they're going to get at least ten years. I think you're going to probably get okay. more than that. Okay. Anytime she got him on the stand to admit, because their whole his whole the whole premise of their argument is that they felt threatened, that he felt that he had to do something, so he was self defense because Ahmaud Arbery posed a threat to him. But then she got him he to admit. And like but that she even got, yeah, go ahead. Away from you, how can he be posing a threat? You think he was going to turn back and run towards you when your daddy just said that he was going to kill the MF in person? So I thought that was mm-hmm. hilarious when she said that, and that's all I've been seeing on the news. But, you know, that right there in itself is going gonna, is gonna to get them. But one of them is not going to get a lot of time. I think it is the one who said the that he was just telling yeah, he's. I don't think he's gonna get as much time. He's Mr. Plead Deal. He's like, man, this ain't. I'm watching this, and this ain't going good. So let me go ahead and plead out right now, because you know, because yeah. technically, he's an accessory because he was there. But his video is the reason why those boys are standing trial in the first place. And listen, how dumb they are. You're gonna record this. I mean, think about this. You're gonna record what you're doing. I mean, how dumb can you be? It's because if they didn't have the videotape, they wouldn't have anything on these guys. The videotape surely, surely, when I say videotape, we're old school. It's not a videotape. You know, they use some type of electronic device. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the tape, there it is. The tape shows that the guy was running away. The tape, it, it contradicts everything you told law enforcement. And keep in mind, think about this now. And this is the thing that really should make everyone nervous within the sound of my voice. The fact of the matter is that the DA had this videotape in the beginning. And remember, they didn't originally charge yes. these dudes. Yes, they were there until somebody brought it out. And they were, they were not going to charge it. Let's call it what it is. They, they had no intentions on charging them. You know, this, this, this went on for months and months and months. And, and, then they, they finally got brought to light, and that's what happened. Otherwise, they would have, man, they'd have got away with murder. You know, it was insane to me. And then, and, you know, you talk about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee for police and justice. There you go at his best. You know, yeah, they're killing yeah. us, and they don't say nothing about it. Nope. They don't say a damn thing about it. It's uh, it's open season on them, and uh, it's just unfortunate. And when people hear this and you know, it kind of falls along the lines of critical race theory. All we do is trying to tell you the truth. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. We're mm-hmm. just we're just speaking the facts. So if you get mad because we're telling you things that you're doing, then I don't know what else to tell you. It's the serious side. It's a Sunday. Uh, happy holiday week for those. Hope you guys get a chance to eat a lot of turkey and have a great time. We're going to stop by and take a break. It's time for part one of Mariana Music's Corner. I think you're gonna like the selections this morning. It's the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Radio Network. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're gonna beat them and bust them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. 
Take time to be a dad One more today. Time. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. It's not that I don't want you here. Yeah. It's not about the way you stare into my eyes. I know that I don't make this clear. I fall for Disguising death threats against a member of Congress and a president of the United States is an an, in an animated video does not make those death threats any less real or less serious. And indeed, conveying them this way makes them potentially more dangerous by normalizing violence. What is so hard 
what is so hard about saying that this is wrong? This is not about me. This is not about Representative Gosar. But this is about what we are willing to accept. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It's the serious side. It's 11 minutes after the top of the hour. Glad you guys are enjoying the show. Hope you guys are tuning in regardless of when you decide to listen. It's the Thanksgiving uh, holiday week, and we hope that you and yours have a very special holiday coming up on this Thursday. This Sunday, we will not, well, next Sunday, I should say, we won't be here. We're going to take a break and enjoy family and friends like everybody else, and we'll see you in two weeks. But um, a lot to get into, still a lot of show left. So this week, the House censored uh, Representative Gozar, saying that his video depicting the killing of AOC and the assault on Joe Biden is a step too far. And what was not funny, but what was just alarming was the fact that there were people who stood up with him and said, hey, you know what, this is a whole bunch to do about nothing. These are the same GOP Congress people who lost their mind when Kathy Gifford had a depiction of her cutting off uh, Trump's head. Oh my God, they lost their mind. It's you know what's funny, uh, uh, Vanessa, about all this is how stupid some of these voters are, right? And what I mean by that is, you saw, and I'm going to go back to when the Republicans pushed through uh, the you know the replacement for uh, uh, the Justice Ruth Gator uh, Ginsburg. When they said the reason why, it's all on tape, the reason why they didn't approve Mayor Garland for President Obama because he didn't have enough time left in office. He had over over almost a year left. And the fact that they said the people, you know, the people's voices should be heard. So the new president should have the ability to do that because this is an election year and, you know, President Obama at the time was a lame duck president. But yet, (laughs) they just steamrolled, uh, what's her name, Amy Garrett, whatever her name is. They they they, They steamrolled her through, and Trump had less, I think he had less than 60 days in office when they did this, if my memory serves me correctly. You are correct. Then you go back and play, so you can go back and find them saying these things on tape. And you heard Lindsey Graham. Well, President Trump has a, a vacancy in less than two months. I would not be voting for it. And then guess what? He just voted for it. It's like they tell lies. How can you be responsible, parents and grandparents, when you tell your kids to tell the truth and be honest? And there is just miles and miles of videotape. You know, you know, bits and bits of information out there that shows that you are a compulsive liar, that you just lie, 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 lie. They went ape doo doo, Vanessa, when Kathy Gifford uh, had that whole thing going on, and now all of a sudden, they're what's the big fuss? It's just a anime. No harm, no foul. Why everybody getting they why everybody getting their panties in the bunch? What, what, what's what's wrong? Why are we tripping? What say you, Vanessa? Again, they're white. 
<laughs> They're white. White people can get away with that kind of stuff. You know what, y'all? But wait a minute. Scott, I know, listen, I Tim know Scott is black. Hearing me say that. But I know Tim Scott is black. Hearing me say that on the show. No, Tim Scott is black. Wait, Tim Scott is black and he's right black. there with him. You're not listening to me. They're white. You can be a black person and be an Oreo. Where you coming? Please, you know better, Jay. Okay. I'm with you. If there are okay. black people that stand right there with white people and think they're white. They don't realize, baby, you black. Why are you siding with them? It's going to come back and bite you. You know who I'm talking about, the Uncle Toms, the Oreos. You've heard those sayings before. They're white. Stop talking about Clarence Thomas like that. uh, uh, Hello? People, okay, first of all, they're Republicans, and Republicans just seem to me to get away with everything. But, okay, let's play devil's advocate here for just a minute. Why do you think? Listen, Vanessa, I love the dramatic. I lo- love the dramatic inflection in your voice to set it up. That was beautiful. Do that again one more time. I mean, I mean, no, Jen, stop. So you know, <laughs> Obama had somebody picked. They told him no, and he had a whole year almost. Then yeah. racist Trump who they could kiss his butt all day long, no matter what he did, or even no matter what they say about your mama, or he said about your daddy, or he said about you, you kissing Trump's Mm. butt. Cruz, no punt intended. So, yeah. Then they come back, and they take one that Biden should have been able to pick, and they take that too. Okay, so when people say stack the deck, if I was Biden, I would change the numbers, and I would have I would make it a little bit more equal. Even if he doesn't change the numbers to two to make it completely equal, I would change the number and I would have it so that one Democrat or one more person that he could pick to be on there because the Democrats lost two seats. Let me say this, and yeah. I mean this with the best intentions. Democrats can be wussies. They really can. They're wussies because they don't step up and fight dirty like Republicans fight. They always, this is what Jerome says too, they always want us to be the forgiving people and just, oh, just let it slide. Oh, we'll get it. I'm sick of that. Democrats need to get some balls. They need to get some guts. They need to step up. You didn't use the B word this morning. What? So no, you didn't use the B word this morning. <laughs> I no, didn't I, say you did. I said I said the B word. I didn't say anything about a bad word. Because I could think of a I could think of a different B word that I could use I when I'm talking about can. Republicans. No, uh-huh, no, I you. could. So <laughs> they do. They need to get some balls, and I'm sure the people out there that's listening to me agree that that they need to step up and fight dirty and do dirty stuff just like the Republicans do. And I know that if I had Jerome on the show, that Jerome would have my back on this. So, audience, y'all catch my back on this. They are wussies. They let too much slide. And then when we get the House, the Senate, the party, the everything, we can rule the world. They don't want to do nothing. They make me sick. 
They need to stop it. And while he is in there and we got everything, he needs to put a justice on the seat that can make stuff equal or at least make it where somebody's going to be the tie and vote. I mean, come on, Jay, I'm so sick of this. They always expect for us to be the ones to play fair. Why do the Democrats, why do the black people, why do the middle class white people, why do we have to be the ones to play fair? I'm sick of this. They took two seats from us, two, one from Obama and one that would have been for Biden, and they took them. Well, technically, it would only be one because the reason why we're saying it's two is because of what they did, you know, because, they, you know, the rules they put in place to justify uh, uh, not allowing President Obama to pick his Supreme Court justice is the same rules that they abandoned when it was time for them to do the same thing for yeah, Trump, and Trump had yes, less than two months absolutely right. But what I'm saying is, Yes, Trump had less than 60 days, so it actually was here. But if that's the same token, why didn't Obama get here? So to that's me, my point. I know. And so to me, that's two seats that, that was up for grabs. One should have been there. One should have been ours. Not oh, okay. two for them and nothing for us. I that you. was two You're for right. them and nothing for us. You're right. We got and food that, on uh, that. Yep, and, and that so changed the balance of the court. Biden needs to change the seat. Biden yeah, needs to right. tighten this up a little bit. And he needs to yeah. do it because he's probably going to lose something in the next midterm. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem. I, I think it is. And that, and that's the thing that's yeah. scary, Mr. Elliott, the fact that people see this and they're still going to vote for these clowns. But let's go back yeah. to uh, this whole thing with the House censoring this guy. And the fact that, matter of fact, let's do this because sometimes hearing is is believing. Let me play some of the some of the comments that the GOP that GOP House members made in defense of this guy, and we'll talk on the other side. If I must join Alexander Hamilton, the first person attempted to be censored by this House, so be it. It is done. What are they doing today? Censoring a member for a cartoon? You got to be kidding me. When there was violence against us, there was no condemnation. Today, we're critiquing Paul Gosar's anime. Next week, we might be indicting the Wiley e. Coyote for, uh, unexplo- for an explosive ordinance against the Roadrunner. Says the man who is really facing, who is currently facing charges for having sex with underage girls. You know, Mr. Elias, man, these people are, they're just pathetic, man. It's, you know, then the one uh, congressperson said that nobody uh, went crazy when there was violence against the GOP. Uh, I can remember people in Congress standing on uh, the steps of Congress singing, We Shall Overcome, and all these different things when, when Scalise was shot down at a at a uh, congressional baseball practice. So they're hypocrites, they're liars, and uh, what a bad example that they set for our children because they lie in broad daylight. And you can go back and do, you know, it's amazing. You can go back and find video and play side-by-side clips of them saying one thing and then, you know, they, they say whatever's convenient for them. They are the kings of the fence travelers as far as I'm concerned. What say you? Is that for me? And yes, yeah, for you, Mr. Elias. Okay. Uh, the Republican Party is a joke, man. Look, man, right now they are, they are a threat to our democracy. And anybody who says they're not, 
you're fooling yourself. They don't care about who, you know, I, I can honestly see them coming in and, and if, you know, Trump runs again and he wins the election, they, I can honestly see them saying, well, we don't need a four-year president anymore. We're going to let him be president for as long as he wants to be. I, I, I can honestly see that happening, man. Or they can they can just keep putting his kids in place, man. This is this is just I, I've never seen anything like this. And they're 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 you know you can honestly say that they people who are in love with Donald Trump is a they are cultish. You know you can say people can say they're not, but they're cultish as hell because you know they 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 say well I know he's bad and but it's just something about him. What is it about him that you like? The the the, the ignorance, the stupidness. The, what what is it? Can you tell me what you like about him so much that he put us in a pandemic and didn't do anything about it? Didn't tell us about it. Didn't do anything about it. You know, and then you want to blame you know Joe Biden for everything that's going on, but the same thing would have been happening if Donald Trump was in office. Nothing he could have done done differently. This this is ridiculous. You know, I mean, at some point in time, you you run out of uh, terms to adjectives to describe some of this nonsense. It's, it's really, uh, it's really net TV, and it's just, uh, you know, if if you don't like to, you don't. Saying, Jay, but Jay, they're not saying now that they want him to run. They're saying that they're going to make him the one that's like speak of the house. Who speak? Yeah, but I don't think he'll take that. Oh, Trump! That ain't gonna that, that, that ain't gonna happen. Stop! That's that's, that's not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen. Listen, Re- Republicans. Let me tell you something. Once again, they're playing chestnut checkers. They know that they need Trump to win any primary, but just like the guy in Virginia who won the Virginia's governor's race, you know, in the primary he was Trump this, Trump that. When I mean in the uh, when the in the GOP primary, it's all Trump. I love Trump, but when the general hit, that joke was like, hey, hey. We don't really need you in the state. Don't come here. Stay away. It's it's. They're not dumb. They they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing because check this out. When you kiss Trump behind in GOP primaries, then people those those same folks are saying yes, he's our guy. So in the general election, he don't have to mention Trump's name because he already has Trump's people. They already know they they love him. So now he's trying to go out there and get the more moderate people. So now he seems like a fair-weather guy. He's out there shooting hoops with, you know, black kids and all this other stuff. People are like, oh, you know, he's not Trump. Didn't mention Trump's Trump's name one time because guess what? Independents and some of those disgruntled uh, Democrats, they're not following GOP politics. They're not following their primaries. So they didn't hear him say all this outlandish nonsense about Trump because he didn't mention any of that stuff in the general election. These people are playing, I'm telling you, they're playing chess right before our very eyes. And I'm telling you right now, we are missing the boat. And one of the things I will say, and we're going to get out of here, one of the things I will say that I agree with Ms. Elias on is we do need to start playing a little bit more hardball. We, we, have to, we have to step up a little bit more than what we're doing because I'm telling you, this ain't good. And we're going to find ourselves – in a bad, bad spot if we don't pay attention to what's going on, you know, so alright, we're going to step out take a break it's time for part two of Mariana Music's Music Corner, that's hard to say three times, Mariana Music's Corner, part two, let's try it that way, it's the serious side on oh, a beautiful Sunday, hope the day is beautiful where you are, hope you guys are having a great time we'll be right back, more show to come don't go anywhere <laughs> 
online radio at its best. Those two songs about Snow Allegra 
And the first one was I Want You Around, and the other one was Love Like That, and Good Morning My Brother Hawk, and Good Morning My Brother Jerome. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind? A very, uh, we got our very own rich sister in there. We got uh, Corbina Man in there. Yard Jackie was in there. And we got uh, Ananine, 321. What's going on, guys? I want to say what's up to the pastor. He is in the house. What's going on, pastor? Pastor, now I have to tell you guys, a lot of things happen behind the scenes, right, that you don't see. One of the things that happens is that during the course of the show, there are many websites that we monitor for comments, social media sites. And so during the show, I go and pull all this information in. So during Pastor Steve's State Your Case segment, I read them. Well, guess what just happened? I lost all of them. <laughs> so I am going to try my best in the time remaining. Yeah, man, you know what? I lost them all. So I'm going to try my best to see can I pull some of them back. But unfortunately, I may not. So we'll see. You gonna put me in time out? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm the so, technology. I didn't have a damn thing to do with that. Come on. All right. So anyway, so so I want to say what's up. I, I don't remember some of the names. Diane was out there. A guy named Freddie uh, was listening. What's up, Freddie? Like that name. Uh, Lucius. I saw Lucius. Now, <laughs> you know what? Thank you, Lucius, because I never knew how to spell Lucius until I saw the written <laughs> Lucius. What's going on, Lou? And uh, Sabrina's in the house. Momo Beezy is in the easy. What's up, Momo Beezy? Rob Smooth and everybody else with that. Appreciate you hanging out with us on a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Sunday. And um, someone also mentioned that they miss football picks. You know, Johnny B's no longer a uh, weekly uh, contributor to the show. So once he left, we said, eh, we're not going to do it anymore. So you have to wait until next season. Maybe we'll pick it up for the playoffs. How about that? We'll see what happens. All right. We'll keep the show rolling. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's get back into it. It's historic. The $1.75 trillion Build Back Better plan includes money for expanded Medicare, prescription drug reform, universal pre-K, and hundreds of billions to fight climate change. We've done our job. We delivered an even more progressive, more expansive bill. But some of those measures might not survive the Senate, which will get to make changes before kicking it back a final time to the House. I think uh, we're, we're you know, pretty solid at this point. And uh, there's no reason why this bill couldn't, you know, uh, pretty much come back from the Senate with some minor changes. Progressive Senator Bernie Sanders says he wants to strengthen the bill in a number of ways. We've got to demand that the wealthy stop paying their fair share of taxes. While moderate holdouts Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin... The country's awash in, in federal dollars. ...have consistently fought to curb the cost and scale of the legislation and could fight to remove elements like paid family leave. There are disagreements. He knows he's not going to get everything he wants in this package. The White House says President Biden would have preferred his original, even bigger package, but he's focused on compromise. Would you sign it if it doesn't family leave? I will sign it, period. <laughs> I will sign it, period. That was President Joe Biden saying he will sign the bill that just passed the House of Representatives to build back better. The BBBB. I wish it was like BBD, but you know, BBB. Anyway, uh, so now this is part two of his agenda. Last week they passed the infrastructure bill. Uh, now the build back better bill has made it through part one of its 
attorney. Now it's going over to the Senate, which uh, more than likely there will be some changes to the to the uh, to the bill, and then it will go back to the House for approval as well. Welcome back in. All right, um, we talk about how the Republicans are playing. You know, once again, chestnut checkers. The same Republicans who voted against this are the same ones who are smiling at the cameras, Vanessa. You know, one congressperson wrote, now this is a Republican, and I'm paraphrasing it, he says something along the lines of, this is a much-needed uh, much funding for uh, bridges and things that are falling down in our community, and I look forward to the money being spent, blah, 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 blah. What he failed to, real, what he failed to put in his little statement was uh, he didn't vote for it. You know, so I'm there to give the money out, but, uh, you know, if it was up to me, you wouldn't get it. But, hey, here I am with my Santa Claus at handing out gifts when I was trying to be the Grinch behind closed doors. So, once again, these guys are playing this game, Vanessa, at a very high level. It's a simple game. It's a dishonest game. And, see, people who have more standing say, I can't play this game. I can't be a liar, you know, in the dark. I can't be a liar, liar, liar in the dark and light. You know, I can't sit here and say one thing and then say something else. I can't be two-faced. But these guys are. Because the same thing that they're running around in their communities bragging that they were able to accomplish for their constituents are the same things that they are voting against on the House floor. And so, once again, we talked about Republicans paying attention. People who follow this stuff, those Republicans, that's our guy. He didn't vote for it. Good, good, good. They're done. And then the more general folks that are out there saying, hey, you know, I thought Republicans were bad, but here's Representative, you know, Thomas. And, you know, he's here with the bill. He's he's the big shot. He's a big check signing. Uh, you know, did he vote for it? I guess if he didn't vote for it, why would he be holding the checks? I think he's a great guy. Let's vote for him again. And there you go. It's the vicious cycle. What say you, Vanessa, in regards to this bill passing, your thoughts on it? A lot of good things in the bill, but at the same time, once again, not one Republican in the House voted for it. What say you? What say me is can they bring some of that damn money to Texas and fix some of these raggedy roads? Oh, Texas is gets, I think Texas gets Texas get 35 point something billion, I think, out of that bill. Good. Yeah. They need it. You know what, you know, well, yeah, but you know, of course they need it. Yeah. Because Abbott, is, 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 he's going to get hit. Anyway. So I just think that they're two-faced. They always have been two-faced or sitting underneath the tree playing dominoes. Um, They're not catching what is going on, and they're going to be the ones to get bit with it. All of us are actually, but they're going to be the ones to get bit. Because Republicans don't don't care nothing about them, for real. And uh, Trump don't care nothing. Trump people don't care nothing about none of us, black, white, green, or purple, if we ain't got no money. That's well, they don't have any money. No, no, no. That, see, that's the problem. So you just you misquoted. That's the problem. That's the confusing part of all this, Vanessa, is that all these people running around and kissing Donald Trump's behind, they behind ain't got no money. And he don't care no, about them. You know, that's not what I'm saying. That's, what not, are you saying. that's not what I'm saying. Maybe I said it wrong. What I am saying is Donald Trump is not a racist just to black. Donald Trump's group is racist to anybody that doesn't have any money, that can't do anything for him. And that is the truth. He don't care if you're white and ain't got no money. He going to screw you, too. He does not care. But those are the ones 
that are taking money from their bills and they are buying billboards to put in their yard in front of their mobile homes. They are the ones that are taking their grocery money and putting them toward his lawyer fees, or what is what they're calling it, or him running in the next four years. I mean, they're pulling the wool over their eyes, too. It's not just black people. It's white people that ain't got no money, too. That's what I'm saying. So maybe I said it wrong. But we've said this no. before on the show. We've said this before on the show. He doesn't care about anybody if they ain't got no money. He don't care what color you are. But it's so unfortunate yeah, that it is, so, it is so unfortunate, though. You don't have to pay for those signs in the yard by doing a donation. Like my Obama sign I still have, my Biden sign I still have. I had to do a donation to get those signs in my yard. So when we're out traveling, me and Bobby, we see these raggedy houses and they got these Trump signs in front of them. And we're like, you have got to be kidding me that you live in a house the size of my bedroom and you got a Trump sign in front of it. So, you know, they, they've been playing this game a long time. This game ain't just started. This two-faced game ain't just started. That's what I'm saying to the bottom line to this. You said that they're two-faced. They, they act like they do one thing. They've been doing that because the poor white people are the ones that's donating all of this money to the Republican Party. And, and guess what? They're not doing anything for them. That's why they live in a house the size of my bedroom bathroom. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. And it's the truth. It is the it, truth. It's the truth because I've seen them. Uh, you're right. You well, it's it's the truth because we see them. They, they're at they're at Trump rallies. It's it it really is the truth. Yeah. Mr. Elias, man, give me your thoughts on this, dude. Well, you know, to me, man, I would, you know, if I was the Lincoln Project and the rest of the people, every time them clowns go to talented and held up a check, I would find out where they were at, and I would go out and say, hey, if you were, you, while you holding up this check. Why are you so against the, 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 the 13 Republicans that voted against, but they voted for this? You weren't one of them. So why are you holding this check up? you got to make a spectacle of these people because that's what they do. They make a spectacle of everything that they do. That, they, 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 it, it's just like the Democrats, uh, President Obama, when he passed health care, he didn't, he didn't get out there and tout his horn and show them what he did. That's what, that's what Biden needs to do. That's what the Democratic Party needs to do. Because these people are going to, they're going to say, look what we did for you. You didn't do nothing for me. You didn't do nothing. The Republican Party, and, and I would do this. Hey, man, hey, Trump had the right idea. When he, when he would call people out, I would call them out. Every time I got a chance, every time I got a chance, I would say, yep, we did this, but without any Republican help. Yep, we did this without any Republican help. Yep, we did this without any Republican And if every Democrat stayed on message, they that that because that's what the that's what the uh, Republican Party do. They beat stuff to death. Everyone of them touts the same message. If they got one message, they gonna they gonna stay on that message forever. And that's what that's what the Democratic Party needs to do. But they 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 vote on the uh, the public being a place where you can just you know everybody gets the information. Everybody knows. Nope, the uninformed voters. They you look man. <laughs> there's many of them. There are many of them. I, I look at them and see them every day. They are, they, you know, help build back better bill helps me out tremendously because I'm a union worker and a lot of that money is going for roads and bridges. And that's our, that's, that's, that's our, uh, that's our business. 
You think them cats care? All they talk about is Trump. And I was like, well, what did Trump do to help you keep working? Well, the economy is Trump's that we're in now. I say, okay, it's his economy, right, whatever. The bottom line is that the Build Back Better bill gives the, uh, the construction industry, which is the industry I'm in, it gives them billions of dollars. And, they, and, and, and you think these clowns care? They don't give a damn. They don't, some of them people you're never going to reach. And you don't, you, you don't have to worry about reaching those people because no matter what Joe Biden does, what he passes out, he can pass them out free money. And they still say Trump's the best thing walking. Same, same thing with my black folks. Some of my black folks, because I got into an argument with one, one of the guys I grew up with, and he and I, he was talking about how much money he's losing in the stock market. I said, well, that's because he's, probably because you're investing money wrong, clown. I said, the stock market's at an all-time high. How are you losing money? You said, like, T-Dub? Yes. Yes. Yes, how are you losing money, clown? How are you losing money? The stock market's at an all-time high, and you losing money? Don't blame, don't blame Biden. Blame yourself because you're the one that don't know how to invest. I'm making money. How about you? Oh, man. No, don't blame. And then his son says the same thing. You know, and he said, well, when Trump was in office, I was doing this, I was doing that. All right, look, look, Clown, oh, man, don't tell me that, man. Don't tell me that. This is he's okay. talking about a friend of ours, and uh, <laughs> well, he's a friend of Mister Elias's now because just as of right now, <laughs> I won't be dealing with him no more. Oh my God, unbelievable! Uh, and you know, and Vanessa, mm-hmm. see, Vanessa mentioned that too. How you know you talk to some young folks and they don't look at the overall thing; they're just looking at. Mm-mm. And we had this conversation a long time ago because I remember we kind of went back and forth because we're saying if you're telling people to vote, you know, their pocketbooks, then they're voting their pocketbooks. But then your argument was, well, wait a minute, there's sometimes there are things bigger than that. So then why the heck? And I'm like, well, listen, you're telling them every week to vote their pocketbooks. So, I mean, you can't get mad at them if they're doing exactly what you're telling them to do. My thing well, is, I'm not is mad. Like, where's your moral but, compass? Where's your moral compass? That's what that's what a disconnect is for me. Well, your your pocketbook ain't gonna help. It's not the Republican Party. Come on, let's just be honest. If they if they can get you working for minimum wage for the rest of your life, they would. They would, and they could, they would collect all the money. They wouldn't they wouldn't give it. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even bother their moral compass to even say, hey, look, we're not paying these people enough money to to to, to be a livable wage. But they don't give a damn. They could care less. They don't. They don't care about nothing but their own pockets and whoever their investors are. That's all they care about. That's been. That's a proven fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know it is what it is, man. You know America is where it is, and you know unfortunately we are a part of the mix. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, it's you know it's sad. It really and truly is. It's a sad state of affairs where this country is and where this country is going based on, you know, some of the things that we've seen. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of sort of amazing, but at the same time, it's really something that, uh, makes you cringe, uh, to be honest, because it just, it just doesn't make sense for people. Beyond are, cringing, uh, my brother, it's beyond cringing. Just to listen to some of these people talk, it's beyond cringing. That's the part that makes it sad, you know. These are people that are supposed to be educated, and for them to act the way they're acting, 
is beyond comprehension, if you ask me. All right, time for our final NPR news break and our final thoughts. And I'm going to try to retrieve some of the comments that I lost earlier in the show. You listen to the serious side. We'll be right back. Close it out. Don't go anywhere. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, community organizers and faith leaders are planning a day of action today following Friday's acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse of all the charges against him. Largely peaceful protests popped up in several cities around the country this weekend, including in Chicago, New York, and around Southern California. Police in Portland, Oregon declared a riot Friday night after police said protesters broke windows and threw objects at officers. Jury deliberations will resume tomorrow in the federal civil trial of organizers of the 2017 Unite the Right rally. Whitney Evans of member station BPM reports that jurors are weighing whether white nationalist leaders planned to commit violence during the rally. Attorneys for nine Charlottesville residents suing Unite the Right organizers say the documents, online chats, and video depositions they presented at trial demonstrate the elaborate planning and coordination that led up to the rally. They say the defendants, including Richard Spencer and other far-right leaders, intended to go to battle in the streets of Charlottesville. Dozens of anti-racist counter-protesters were injured during the two-day gathering. One woman was killed when neo-Nazi James Alex Fields Jr. drove his car into a crowd on a narrow city street. The organizers say the violence was instigated by counter-protesters. For NPR News, I'm Whitney Evans in Charlottesville. The Washington Spirit has won the team's first championship. The Spirit won the National Women's Soccer League title this weekend with a 2-1 extra-time victory over the Chicago Red Stars. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. This episode is made possible by PwC. When a passionate community of solvers comes together in unexpected ways, that's the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. How do we reinvent ourselves? And what's the secret to living longer? I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers to seek a deeper understanding of the world and to figure out new ways to think and create. Listen now. All right, folks, it is time for Pastor Steve State Your Case, where we uh, read comments from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Uh, let me uh, start with uh, Mr. Elias. Mr. Elias, man, you have anything yeah. you want to read from the from the uh, social media, Mr. Elias? Any comments? Yes, I, yes, I do, Jay. I got, uh, I got, uh, Covina, man, says the whole week has been a reminder who white people really are. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leave it to Kavita, man, mm-hmm. to break it down, bro. Leave it to Kavita, man, to break it down. Wow. All right. I have a few here. Uh, let me read them. Uh, uh, let's see here. I was able to retrieve some, not all. Pastor, Pastor says, Peace and blessings, family. He said, Jay, you are right. A while back, you talked about how the private conversations between you and Ms. Elias were entertaining. Well, we got a glimpse of it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> LOL. To my family and to my, okay, I'm sorry, to my TGRS family and to the great listening audience, have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you in two weeks. All right, Pastor, we'll see you in two weeks as well. Freddie from the DMV. Happy Thanksgiving to the Serious Five family. We appreciate you, Freddie. Appreciate you. Heather from West Texas. 
another weekend with no show. Dang, do y'all have a consistent schedule? <laughs> Just kidding. Happy Thanksgiving. You're not funny, Heather. All right, uh, I was able to pull one more. Sam from San Antonio. He says, question, where is Mariana Music? Did you ever mention her in months? What's up with that? Happy Thanksgiving. You know what, Sam? Uh, you're right. I haven't seen Mariana Music, so... Uh, we're going to put an APB out on her. I don't know what's happening with her. I'm saying that. I'm talking to you right. It's, I don't know. It, it hasn't been months. But it's been a few weeks. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, he has a point with that. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see what we can do to find the very lovely and fine uh, Marietta Music. And on that note, you know what time it is. Online radio at its best. Well, it's time for our final thoughts, and uh, Miss Vanessa May Bell, your first final thoughts. My final thoughts are, I made it through a very, very trying, trying case yesterday, very a childhood friend that we have been friends since I could remember. And to be beautiful and educated and polished and loving and kind and giving and not take the vaccination is such a waste of life to me. Um, so to put her in that mausoleum and watch her go in and watch somebody who tied me to the old neighborhood. Yeah. If y'all understand what I'm saying, the old neighborhood, that's who kept me up with what was going on. And to me, I've lost that tie. And so yeah. it was just a part of me that just was in that casket with her. So I thank you for those of you um, who reached out to me. You know who you are. And thank you for thinking of me early in that morning because I needed all them prayers. And uh, I would like to say openly to everyone, thank you to my husband who was right there with me. And I promised him I wasn't going to scream, and I didn't. But he was right there with me all day long for 12 hours dealing with all of this yesterday. So, sweetheart, I thank you. And I am grateful because Thanksgiving is a time of, of saying what you're grateful for. I am grateful for the family that actually loves me for me and cares for me for me. And that includes my podcast family. So I love y'all. I thank you. And no, I'm not a Republican. <laughs> and y'all have an awesome Thanksgiving. And in the interim of all of that, I will have my 59th birthday. So anyway, I'll be in my favorite town, Las Vegas, for my birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Oh, man, you know, the thing is, is that uh, every day, every day I pray for you and I pray for Bobby and I pray for all the things that you deal with. And, uh, you know, you know how I feel about you. And um, a lot of people that uh, listen to the show love you so much. And, uh, you know, you're my big sis. So I just hope that uh, this uh, rough ride that you're experiencing will soon pass. And, you know, they say, God, to put more on your shoulder that your shoulders can't handle. So, love you. But get vaccinated, uh, people. Get vaccinated. There you go. There you go. Now, now usually this is the time of the show where people are saying goodbye, but uh, we're going to say hello to someone. Mr. Jerome is breathing the house. Uh, Hello and goodbye, Jerome. How you doing? (laughs) Hello and goodbye. I'm sorry. I missed all of what was going on with Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. 
I will call you soon. Uh, I need to catch up. I've been missing uh, a little bit, so I want to. Um, it, it wasn't that I'm unfeeling, uncaring, but I really need to um, need to holler at you. So I I want to catch up. All right. So we'll catch up. Oh, did we have to already? Yeah. No, I, yeah, she's, she's gone. Here. Yeah, she's gone. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, Okay, okay. I just heard the end of what she was saying, and I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody called Vanessa. What is going on? So I need to call and, and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, man. Hello and goodbye. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, you're going to be here for your show, but hey, I don't know. Okay. Are we, you know, we hey, uh, I don't you know. what? Uh, Jay, you don't yes. have to leave. Well, I ain't need to run you off. This is not like no, a, no, no, no. <laughs> like a relay race. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 that's not a real issue. You know, man, with my mom and all, you know, got to cook and stuff like that. Yeah. This is pro wrestling. Like, you tap somebody in and you got to get out the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to make that it? tag then, my brother. All right, we're good. All right, we're cool. Coming up next in four minutes uh, on the Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome Priest. So you're going to get him, uh, but it's going to be in his element, and it should be fun, which actually, I love it. So if you've never listened to the show and you're listening to my voice, hang around. This is some good stuff. And, uh, and I know you guys are listening because some of the stuff that – it's funny. I get some emails or some messages from stuff that you covered doing, you know, doing your show. And I'm thinking, huh? Because I didn't hear it. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, okay. So good uh, stuff. Continue to listen, folks. And uh, he's coming up in uh, four minutes, three minutes. Let's tell man. Final thoughts. Final thoughts, uh, you know, Nessa, I, hey, darling, if you go back and listen to the show, know that we love you. And uh, I know that losing one of your, your, your dear friends, you know, I know how that is, you know. Because I, I lost a guy I worked with for over 20 years So I know how that feels But, you know Darling, God, there's nothing, God, God doesn't give you nothing that you can't handle And I'm quite sure as strong as your faith is You can handle it all And, you know, as I say every week, folks Call Joe Manson And tell him to get off his lazy ass And vote And get rid of this filibuster So we can pass the John Lewis Bill And the Voting Rights Bill Act we need to get this done before 2022 hits and we lose the House and the Senate. You need to get it done. We need to do what we got to do. We need to talk to, because Senator, they say Senator's behind the, the voting rights bill. We need to talk to Joe Manchin and ask him why he's so against saving our damn democracy. Because the Republicans don't have any problem with getting rid of the filibuster when they want to put a judge in. That's a good point. All right, my final thoughts are going to be real brief. Listen, um, there are people who are actually pissed off that, uh, well, let me start off by saying this. Normally, when a president has a physical or something like that, his VP uh, is acting president while he is incapacitated. And normally, you don't hear anything about this because it's no big deal. Well, guess what? Now that Kamala Harris is going to be acting president, Republican lawmakers are crying and bitching and complaining. This country is in a sad shape, sad, sad shape. I remember when people said uh, uh, when Michelle Obama, when President Obama first ran for president, they talked about her. She wasn't proud to be an American. She was ashamed of America and all this other nonsense. I'm going to say it. I'm ashamed of what this country has become, and I just wish and hope that there are better days ahead. Pastor, pray for the nation because it definitely needs it. And on that note, Mr. L to the E to the S, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? 
It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure serving you. So coming up next on a need-to-know basis with the my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. So for Vanessa, for Jerome, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse. And have a wonderful work week. Get vaccinated, mask up, and remember, it's Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. Coming up next on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Esprit. No point anywhere. Keep it locked right here. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, boys and girls, it's time for you know what. On a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome, Mr. Man, Jerome, man, what do you have in your funky bag of tricks today? You know, I was going to say, you know, I actually... Since we don't get a chance to talk often, Jay, I thought I'd hold you on the show a little bit longer. Never mind. Yeah, I sure. just thought I'd hold you. <laughs> no, no, I, oh, I wow. Don't okay, bye. I was just saying. Well, that sucks, but okay. Look, look. Jay, Jay is like that kid when when the clock strikes 12 and it's time to get out of class. He don't be, be like, one more thing, there's homework. He's like, no, I don't have homework. I'm out of here. So, that's good. I'm sure... I'm sure we're going to cover some stuff that you've already covered, but in the archives, if you, just remember, if you get too much email um, next week, um, you can throw it out because we're going to be off next week. So don't worry about it. That's right. <laughs> don't no call time. us. I ain't checking nothing. I ain't checking nothing. <laughs> Nobody yeah, yeah. will see you in two damn weeks. Go somewhere and kick rocks. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get it on a All rerun right, or something. Like, try to <laughs> sing your complaint for a rerun. <laughs> All right, brother, it's all yours, man. Hey, all right, man. All right, now, our first story, I don't know if um, you guys saw this or LES, you've seen it. The longest um, um, partial lunar eclipse of the century took place on Friday. Um, It hung around for, like, about three and a half hours, according to NASA. But it darkened most of the moon um, to most of the planet. And I think they said 97% of the moon... Um, slipped into the Earth's shadow, so that was the longest of the century. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I only saw pictures because on the East Coast I would have had to get up at four in the morning. I was, I think yeah. I was up actually, <laughs> but I wasn't going outside looking for no moon. I'm no werewolf. <laughs> we ain't waiting on that. <laughs> so, so if you wanted to play with that, just know history passed you, and um, don't go outside. Acting as if the sky is falling because you've seen a moon that was kind of reddish. Just the sun, really? people. Just blocking the sun. Mm-hmm. Now, the U.S. Uh, recorded more than 100,000 drug overdose, overdose deaths in the first um, year of the COVID lockdown. So a nearly 30% increase of the previous year is what the CDC report finds. And the CDC report that... Um, they are related. I guess they're saying they, they're specifically related, and that's a new record of drug overdoses in this country was during the pandemic. That that shouldn't be surprising. Everybody was home. Well, I don't know. How do you yeah, get drugs when everybody's sure. at home, too? Oh, no. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, 44% of American adults say that they don't want a child because the future seems too bleak. 
Now, the U.S. experiences the, the biggest decline in birth since 1973. It said 44% of childless adults say that they don't plan on having any kids. And 56% of that group cited just not wanting to have children as a reason um, um, to skip parenthood. They were just saying, we just don't want to have them. That was their reason. People are scared because that's what is on the news is things to scare you. So it's kind of interesting. But anyway, that was an interesting little thing that that's the biggest decline since 73. I don't know what that means exactly. You would think because of the pandemic, just like people doing drugs, people was in the house longer. So you think there'll be more kids. I would think. All right. Now, Pfizer falls for um, an emergency um, use authorization with the FDA for its COVID pill that can cut the risk of hospitalization death up to 90%. Hmm. And um, I don't know if, did you see that story? No, I didn't. Yeah, they said in their recent clinical trials, they found that the drug can cut rates of hospitalization and death of the virus for nearly up to 90%. So they... You're talking about the pill, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did see that story. I'm sorry, I did see okay. that story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's called um, um, I think it's called, and uh, they said it belongs to a class of drugs known as a pretense inhibitor. The pill would work by inhibiting an enzyme that the coronavirus uses to copy itself and in, um, inside human cells. So. That inhibitor. I don't know why I wanted to say little 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 fuck Lavoy. I don't know why when you said that. I wanted to say that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, yeah I've heard. I, I wonder how many people are going to take this thing once we get it. You know, once they get it approved. You know, is it going to be a difference than 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 a vaccine? Hmm. Oh well, the, the um the pill is for when you get it, right? So. They said all 775 participants in that trial were unvaccinated and were considered to be at high risk for hospitalization due to underlying mm. conditions like obesity and, and diabetes. And so they said, um, this is the, well, this is the second pill because there was another one by um, Merck um, um, last mm. month that was um, an antiviral, experimental antiviral to reduce um, serious illness and death by half. So this one's 90%, but the other one was by half. But Merck's has wow. been greenlit, greenlit by the U.K. and is expected to be approved by the FDA in, um, at the end of November, November 30th, is their scheduled mm-hmm. meeting. So and this is by the, Pfizer, right? The new one's by Pfizer, the, the one that's 90%. So that's going to take longer. But the uh, Merck pill is um, – the Merck pill is uh, – already being used in the, in the U.K., and so they're expecting to approve it here by November 30th. So Pfizer is going to be a little longer. Wow. Okay. So, and we kind of figured that this was going to happen, right? Just like it's getting Theraflu. Like, you get the flu, you go take Theraflu. These are going to be pills that once you get COVID, you take this pill, and it's going to reduce your chances of serious illness, death. Mm. So... If you don't take that pill when you already have COVID, I don't know what can save you. You won't get a vaccination really? so that you won't get it. But then when you get it, you're going to really? say you don't want to take anything. I think I think this is going to save lives as well. 
because people will take mm-hmm. it. It's like getting a headache. Nobody likes to buy aspirin, but when they get a they get a headache, they're like, where's my aspirin? Run to the stove. Yeah. Like they can put after the fact. So exactly. You could be. Exactly. But you know what I, yeah, you know one of the things I don't understand about, um, about the people who don't want to be vaccinated is that nobody knows what's in um, ibuprofen. Nobody knows what's in you know, your your um, shampoo. Like nobody, like they don't even pay attention to that stuff. If you look at the ingredients in the soap that you use, how many people can say that they look at that? So when they say, oh, we don't want anything in our bodies, you know that your skin is not solid. So when you use soap, lotion, sunscreen, that stuff is seeping into your bloodstream. Yeah. Nobody pays that a bit of attention. They're like, oh, I can't do the vaccine because there's something nefarious going on there. It's like, yeah, something can nefariously be going on with Unilever. (laughs) I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying they soap products dishwashing stuff like bleach you don't know what's in stuff so you can't say um arbitrarily unless there was some proof of some kind of side effects or, or some really? kind of effect so yeah so the people who hmm. who are making the argument now are just silly that's what i think it's like yeah you know 100 correct yeah seven hundred thousand people dead and about a hundred and something million people already had the vaccine and you're like, I don't really know. It's like, well, I don't know what else got to prove that you need. Go get really? your vaccinated. Just let it go. You know. I was, I was, so, for, for, for Thanksgiving, my niece told us that we had to be, you know, have a test done before we got there. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. And I was thinking about the cats I work with. What if one of their family members said, before you come to my house, I want you to have a test done so that you're your negative test. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they would have lost their minds, man. Right. Right, because yep, because people are people are cynical, and you don't want to make your family member sick. She's yeah. just being she's being precautious, uh, precautious. Yeah. So um, I yeah. I respect that, right? And like yeah. they say, and don't go. All my go. family has been vaccinated. All of us have been vaccinated. So uh-huh. you know, but you know, she's just like, hey, just just the only precaution. You know, might have some kids here. You know, everybody get tested. No, if I cool, right. I'm game. Right, right. She she's about to weed out the suckers in a minute. You know, mm-hmm. I went to I went to a basketball game yesterday, um, a, a college game, and you know they make you show your vaccination cards there. And I'm like, well, you know that didn't really bother me, or or they make you you know prove mm-hmm. that. I, I don't even think you can have a negative test to go in. I think you had to show them, and that's that's the price mm-hmm. that people have to pay. That's the society that we live in. We're in a pandemic. So, yeah. you know, that's why you I love New York, it. man. New York, yeah, playing yeah, they, they haven't been stuff, playing, man. You Mm-mm. know, so but we have to we have to get people used to um, again. The, people don't people like to be rule breakers to some degree, and then other folks are just um, cynical. I am I am half with all conspiracy theories just generally because we're going to do some stories on here today. That has to do with that, but at the same time, you need to get vaccinated. This is a pandemic. Yeah. So I would rather I would rather for you to be around for the next ten years than to die next month. Right? Really? You get virus. You know, 
you can have you can possibly have a really bad outcome. So why would you not say, hey, if I if I take this, it, it's gonna kill me in ten years? And you're like, yeah, but you can die today, you know. Mm-hmm. So do what you can to save your save your family, or save That's um, for sure. save your people. All right, so um, you know I, I, the FBI and the California Highway Patrol are looking for people who took money off an Interstate 5 near San Diego. An armored <laughs> truck passed on the road on the way to the Federal Reserve, and police are investigating how the door flew open and are calling on people to return the money yeah, or face okay. potential <laughs> criminal charges. Whatever. Right? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I, I remember this happened before. I think we – I remember doing a story about this before. And um, – the same thing applies. Good luck in them, or how much money they picked up. Right? Really? You're not going to account for all of that money. Let, let me so, give you ten dollars back me, that I got. What'd you say? I found I found ten dollars. Here you go. See, that's my point. So they'll be like, mm-hmm. "We saw you on camera." It's like, "Yeah, here's that ten dollars I picked up off the mm-hmm. highway." <laughs> You're never gonna find out how much money anybody picked mm-hmm. up. No. Nope. Just call it a loss and call it a stimulus. Mm-hmm. Add that to the deficit. Yep. <laughs> Look, <laughs> we had a stimulus happen on uh, Interstate Five. So there if you're go. in the area, good luck and um, you know, and shop local. <laughs> like that's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Because you ain't get that money back. <laughs> that really? would be my uh, that would be my suggestion to them. Now, um, now most man- minor leaguers in you know, in a bid, um, well, first of all, I, I remember doing a story before, so this is just an update in case you think you're listening to a repeat. But under Major League Baseball's new policy starting in 2022, um, minor, leaguer, minor league players will get beds and furnished housing under their new policy. So there mm-hmm. was a viral clip that showed players packed into cramped apartments and sleeping in their cars that came out like months ago. And so Major League Baseball said that they're stepping up in um, improvements in minor league for minor leaguers because of that criticism. So Major League Baseball will now provide most, they didn't say all of them, most of those players with their own beds and um, team housing beginning next season. Again, the sad and sick thing is they play 82 games, which means that TV revenue is off their charts. Football has billions of – Hell, they have billions of dollar deals, and um, they don't play as many games as baseball, pro football, mm. right? I think they're – I forgot what their last deal was, but it was someplace like near like five to five or 15 billion or something. It was some unheard of amount. Wow. But these guys would not play the minor leaguers. They wouldn't pay them. Mm. Now, okay, so the seven, the 70th, 70th, Miss USA competition is under new ownership with its first African-American female owner of Miss USA. Hmm. Crystal Stewart has um, is out there. Now, Crystal, she's uh, the new owner, um, and she said she, will, she wanted to have the pageantry reimagined. I don't know what that means, which will redefine views of the pageant system is what she said. Now, Krista Stewart, if you don't remember her, she was the 
uh, former Miss USA in 2008. She acquired ownership mm-hmm. of the franchise in late 2020, and she plans to bring Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, to the forefront of pop culture. Um, now, Crystal, she was, I don't know her like that, but Crystal Stewart, I'll say that. She um, won her title. She began acting. She started in her own TBS um, comedy series, For Better or Worse, or, yeah, For Better or Worse, and she was in that movie Acrimony with um, really? Raji. Yeah. What, but what, she what, owned... Which one was she? You know, I don't know. I don't remember what her character was at. Um, but um, Crystal, right. if you look her up, Crystal, she won in 2008 Miss, Miss um, USA. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and I, I'm not sure, but isn't that the one Trump used to own, Miss USA? Yeah. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you always was in Atlantic City, and he took the Russians. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that he was, yeah, yeah, he was walking on the women naked and all that other stuff, yeah. Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah that was it. So, apparently, yeah. um, Trump won't have any, well, I shouldn't even say that. I was going to say, um, knowing him, he'll still act like he's the man someplace and um, try to slip up in mm-hmm. there. So, don't let him in, sister, don't do it. <laughs> just, don't, just don't do it. All right, now, um, Deforestation in Brazil's Amazon rainforest has hit the highest level in over 15 years, increasing 22% in the last year alone, um, according to new data that was released. So the Brazilian National Institute for Space Research, um, their their monitoring system has shown that 5,110 square miles of rainforest was destroyed between August in July, or I'm sorry, August 2020 wow. and 2021, 5,110 square miles. Wow. Again, we are just not learning our lesson. And Okay, so nope. I guess I might as, well, might as well do this since I missed the other show about this. This is why when we talk about, you know, pathology and the Rittenhouse case and all of that other stuff, that people don't realize that we have a certain mindset and when i say we i don't really mean me but we as uh, <laughs> as a society and people can't see repercussions for for actions so what happens in that rittenhouse case and i'll tie that in is that the jury sees this young white kid and they're like oh he's remorseful because it looks like their child or their cousin or their friend or whatever that they can let him off the hook for actually killing people, whereas right. someone can have feel a piece of gum because they're hungry, and you'll be like, we need to set an example of him. But this kid, we need to save mm-hmm. his life even though he killed people. So just like Vanessa said, it is not just a jury. It is the um, the prosecutors because they would not prosecute him on lower charges for whatever reason. The judge, they dropped the ball by making excuses why they couldn't do this particular charge opposed to that one. They were helping him mm-hmm. along the way. So do not believe exactly. that it was all the jury's fault. The judge was helping him, and the prosecution was helping. Now, you want to talk about conspiracy, I'd say that was one. But we're gonna, we'll get into that later because I got another story that is really kind of similar. Now, Biden 
is going after um, gas companies over their soaring prices at the pump. So I remember us talking about this. The president asked the F, asked the FTC to investigate whether illegal conta, conduct by big energy firms is behind the price surge that's been seeing, you know, gallons of gas hit 2,084 cents in California. So President Biden on mm-hmm. Wednesday said, you know what, because of the rising gas prices at the food pump, the FTC needs to investigate whether there's illegal conduct um, and see if it's at work here. Now, if you remember, during President Obama's time, gas prices didn't fluctuate much. And the reason it didn't is not just because we were, like we are now, number one in the world at producing oil. It was because he said before, if on the markets, if you guys are, you know, playing the markets and artificially inflating gas prices, we are coming at you. And they did not do it especially during his second term. When Trump was there, it was free game. Now Biden has the same exact thing. If we investigate and find out that you guys are, you know, forcing up gas prices. Now, our economy is great, and it's really interesting that people don't feel like the economy is great because they're scared that the economy is going to be bad later. Like, you can't win for losing. Mm. When the economy is bad, people are upset and saying, when is it going to get better? And when it's good, people are scared that it's going to get bad. You can't win. <laughs> That's just because we define yeah. ourselves with negative. Mm-hmm. So people are around here with, running around with their heads cut off, talking about, man, inflation is going to kill us in about 10 months or in about a year. And, you know, like they keep doing that song and dance. And I'm like, when are you going to live? Just understand something. It's good now. Be okay. So when you start putting fear out there, Price of speculators will infl- it will um, increase the price of gas on futures is what they call it. So the future price is going to be this. So they try to collect their money up front. That's hmm. where um, we need regulation because they're artificially and inf- in- we have enough gas on the market to keep gas prices low. There's no like war in Libya or something, and we can't get. That's not even it. That oil is sitting in reserves and right now, and they're raising prices for no reason. We have plenty of gas. Anyway, yeah. let's, let's see how that works out. Now, Michael Cohen, the ex-personal um, attorney for Donald Trump, um, is to be released from home confinement on Monday after serving three year, a three-year term um, of house arrest in a, um, and federal prison. So Cohen, who's 55, has served three served a three year sentence after he pled guilty to campaign finance violation, income or tax evasion, and lying to Congress in 2018 about Trump and Russia. Now, he was the second person, and they had a civil indictment, which means Trump should be in jail. Michael mm-hmm. Cohen went, and he's not the one who ordered it, but because they wouldn't prosecute Trump because he was president. They said we couldn't prosecute him, but now he's not, and they're still not prosecuting him. So this is what white privilege is when we talk about that kid who killed somebody who got off. Um, Trump, who should be in jail, is um, has this cult following, so people are like, well, if we do it now, it's going to make it look like it's political retribution. It's like, well, when can you ever send somebody to jail if you can't send them when they break the law? Really? So they send everybody else to jail when they don't break the law. 
Mm. So, you know, um, Congress is on the verge of including um, women over 18 in the military draft is what uh, Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, and Democrats back this bid um, that could sign into law as early as next week. The Senate could see a vote on this uh, year's military budget as early as um, next week uh, as well. So it inc- that bill includes a provision to expand the draft to all persons 18 to 26. Man, I haven't been 18 in a while, but I didn't know they were still rolling like that. But that's just me. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. But apparently they want to expand the draft for women. Now, Colombian president... Um, he apologized after a police cadet dressed as a Nazi for a cultural exchange event to honor in honor of Germany. So the cadet in in Colombia dressed with a gray and green uniform, and um, he he had an Adolf Hitler style mustache, and the others wore SS black uniforms, complete with the swastika. And so people are crazy. That's on, yeah. like you think you could do whatever you want, and they were celebrating an event in honor of Germany, and they they put that on. They were trying to offend them, mm. is what my guess is. Of course. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with that. They were trying to offend yeah. them. <laughs> of course. They now, were. yeah. Now, seven women sued Yale University's uh, fertility clinic after suffering excruciating pain when a nurse stole their fentanyl for her personal use and replaced it with saline. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Right that is I, I don't even know what to tell you in this story, but the nurse responsible, this woman, I'm going to say her name because she's just wrong. It is Donna um, um, Monoclone. Uh, she was sentenced to four weekends in prison. In May, with a, along with three months of home confinement and three years of supervised release. Wow. Now, wow. again, wow. he caused pain, and they're giving her weekends. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a multimillionaire in, um, inventor um, of the Invisalign, that, that um, dental thing, you know how you... For uh, people who want braces, but you can see, you know, it's invisible. But um, mm-hmm. he's accused by a friend's daughter, who's 23, of forcing her into sex and beating her um, after trying to sleep with her when she was 13 years old. Oh, my now, Lord. I know. Yep. So mm. uh, she, um, she employs uh, former uh, British PM David Cameron and Pinterest. Beatrice, um, the girl, that, that's who she was employed by. But um, the girl went on, or the guy went on to find um, this AI company that works on developing um, software for call centers. He allegedly beat that 20-year-old girl, um, I'm not going to say her name, uh, while having sex mm. with her on a work trip in Brazil in 2017. Oh, my Lord. What is wrong with people in the world today, people, man? Again, Lord. I'm just not sparing these stories just because it's the holiday because we kind of need to see that there are crazy people. All right, now, a Maryland mayor who's 32 is charged with posting revenge porn of his ex-girlfriend on Reddit. 
So this guy, Andrew Bradshaw, who's 32, was charged with 50 counts of disturbing revenge porn. He became the youngest mayor of Cambridge, Maryland. <laughs> two hours oh, east of Washington. Lord. Again, mm-hmm. we should start taking bets on how much time this guy is going to get. Because we just saw how verdicts roll for them. He's 32. So they're like, nothing. we don't want to ruin his life. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're going to they're gonna let this go. Oh, did you see this? The Staples Center um, in downtown Los Angeles will be named, renamed the Crypto.com Arena. Yep. That? He paid. That yep. Yeah, they paid $700 million for naming rights. I guess wow. they would change the name if you give somebody $700 million. $700 million. We can't, we can't solve war hunger, but you can pay $700 million to yeah. get a name on your name on the building. Wait, first of all, $700 million, you can build three staple centers. <laughs> like, that, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a question. <laughs> right? Really? It's like, you can build a really high-tech arena that they would leave the staple center sitting someplace vacant. <laughs> but this dude, or the company, wanted their name on that arena that bad that they're just throwing away money. See, and here's the problem with Wow. Is that we get to the point where we keep saying, hey, we need to spend uh, $100 million to do something. They're like, well, where did that going to go? It's going to raise my taxes. Taxes those people who right. got $700 million really? for a naming to put their name on a building. Tax, tax really? them fools. You That's know, it. Congress exactly. put a law in. They don't tax, if you, huh? they don't tax the rich or their own businesses. They don't do none of that. Nope. Not at all. And again, it is um, the concept of feeling like poverty um, poverty is an inconvenience or something, right? Like they don't see their um, humanity or, or what we should be doing as a society. They don't see a bigger picture of, a, of an overall, um, you know, just o- an overall perspective of their own humanity. I don't think people look at the world exactly. like that. They need to teach. Now, I would say they need to teach that in school, but I don't think it's school when your parents are acting, acting like that. I don't think school will help you, right? Your par- If your parents <laughs> can't see that, then technically they're going to teach their kids to be just as inhumane as their parents. And, again, yep, I know I've said this on the show before, that when, especially when people talk about slavery and, and um, Jim Crow, there were people who – got out of church on a Sunday, 10,000 of them, to watch them burn and hang people. And this is in our lifetime. That didn't just happen, you know, 200 years ago. That's your yep. grandparents alive during that time. So mm-hmm. we need to kind of deal with ourselves and, and, and work. Well, I'm sorry, not us. Somebody needs to go deal <laughs> with themselves. Yep. Now, now, here is the the comparison that I was saying to the Rittenhouse case, because I know you guys talked about it on the show, so I'm not really going to talk about it. But this this story, I do. Now, this judge rules in Niagara County, right, in New York State, incarceration is not appropriate. As the victims cry out in the court as a judge refused to jail a 20-year-old white male who pled guilty of raping Four teenage girls doing a party at his parents' home, right? 
So the Niagara County Judge Matthew Murphy III told Christopher Belter on Tuesday that prison time wouldn't be appropriate and instead ordered him to register as a sex offender and eight years probation. He raped four teenage girls. Wow. My Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is what the judge said. Again, this is a pathology problem. So the judge, who was white, told um, Belter, who was white, the 20-year-old who did it, that an eight-year probation would be like a sword hanging over your head for the next eight years. I agonize. I am not ashamed to say that I actually prayed over what is appropriate sentence in this case because there was great pain, there was great harm, there were multiple crimes committed in this case. The judge said, it seems to me that the sentence that involves incarceration or partial incarceration isn't appropriate, so I'm going to sentence you to probation. What? That's somebody who knows your parents. Now, oh, now state Lord. police, yeah, state police said that the 20-year-old's mother, um, who's 50, and the stepfather, who's 56, and a family friend who is 42. Matter of fact, I'm going to state her name, so I'll do this over. State police claim that 20-year-old mother, um, Trisha, um, Canty and stepfather Gary Sulo and family friend Jessica M. Long, who's 42, allegedly groomed the four victims by supplying alcohol and marijuana. All three of them pled not guilty to charges of child endangerment and unlawful dealing with a child. At the time of his plea, now the 20-year-old, at the time of his plea, he was placed on two years interim probation by Judge Sarah Sheldon, a different judge who has now since retired, which allowed them to have the opportunity to apply for youthful fender status. So they said that this, now this would have um, lessened any potential prison time that he could have received, by the way. So before she retired, she's like, oh, we're going to charge you as a youth. So you won't get as much prison time, right? And um, it would have prevented him from having to register as a sex offender. But mm. the judge in this, or um, Belter, the, the kid, the 20-year-old, I shouldn't call him a kid, the grown ass, revealed in court <laughs> last month that he broke of his interim probation by installing software on his computer to watch porn. Oh, so since he did that, they're saying, oh, we're going to give you probation, but you got to register as a sex offender, which if he wouldn't have told them that he was watching porn, they would not have even given him probation. Or, I mean, sorry, he wouldn't even have had to register as a sex offender. Wow. Yeah. So there's wow. a reason I, I wanted to give the details to this story, because even in looking at, I know people have a tendency of looking at the Raiden house or whatever and being like, oh, that's outrageous and that doesn't happen. And we're, this dude just happened in the same news cycle. Rape four girls, four teenage girls, slap on the wrist, probation. Mm. And the judge really was just like, I agonized and I prayed over it. That's what he did for the 20-year-old white male. <laughs> That's wow. the world we live in. 
Mm. I oh, you can see why people, yeah, you can see why people do some really evil stuff and be like, "Well, I ain't think anything was gonna happen," because they seriously didn't think anything was gonna happen. Because <laughs> that's mm. that to tell you something. All right, all right. I I I really wanted to kind of I'm gonna woosah over that one because I couldn't play black or white yeah. on this. I didn't want to move this story because we all knew what it was. Yep, we all knew what it was. All right, now, um, the University of California at Davison defunds its police department and replaces it with uh, public safety policy analysis and um, student affairs. Now, the change was inspired by a task force established um, last summer to decide how the university's police department should invoke... um, um, to look and operate and engage. So, because you don't really, I was, again, on the university, and I saw armed, you know, university police officers, and I, is, I'm an alumni of that school. They didn't have armed police officers when I was there. I know this is a different time and blah, 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 but there was actual um, city police there, so they didn't really need to be. But I guess it's more intimidating to see um, some someone with a gun, apparently. So anyway, so they changed their policies, and if they wouldn't just raising their gun at black and brown people and Asian folks, then I would say, okay, that would be a fair. But we're scared that police have guns when they only pointed at people who look like us. Because yeah. that means that you're white. All right, now, I don't know if you heard this story, but the new invade um, – and actually, I got a call uh, – I, I talked to Kathleen, our colleague Kathleen, uh, about this. Okay. But a new investigation revealed that Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, covered up the fact that witnesses were FBI informants um, that killed um, El Hodge, Malik Al Shabazz, or Malcolm X, is what everybody else calls him. The two men who mm-hmm. were wrongly convicted of killing him was exonerated on Thursday. So the yeah, Manhattan judge, I, I saw that. You heard, you saw that. Yeah, and I was so, I, I watched it. You know, who killed Malcolm X documentary, and I was so flustered, man. They That's knew. what I wanted to yeah. ask you if you yeah. watched that, because I, I remember you, you. I think you talked about it, and I, I still haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I watched it, man. The guy on there, this guy dedicated his life to uh, Malcolm X, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just it was it was crazy, man. Yeah. So so if you haven't watched this now, the new evidence showed that the men who were involved in the killing of Malcolm X um, were um, were not those guys. Pretty much, the FBI files show that late FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover ordered against agents to tell witnesses not to reveal that they were informants when talking to police and prosecutors. Now, not only did the FBI have people there, the um, New York City police had a secret police department or some department that were actually had undercovers there as well. So when Malcolm was killed, there was a bunch of people that I think the CIA had somebody there too. So yeah. the guy who who admitted to shooting Malcolm said that neither Aziz Islam was involved or, um, or, or um, Aziz nor Islam, that's their last names, that, that's Muhammad Aziz and um, Khalil Islam, 
the guy who shot him said these guys weren't even involved. And they offered wow. um, the two offered alibis with no physical evidence linking them to the crime. But the Innocent Project's yeah. um, co-founder, Barry Sheck, was one of the lawyers for Aziz and Islam's family, said that the review also found that the police, the FBI, and the police hid evidence from prosecutors as um, what he called a part of a plot to disrupt um, the black civil rights movement. The FBI and the New York Police Department had evidence that Aziz and Islam's innocent within hours, but ignored and suppressed it. And said another of their attorneys, um, Deborah um, um, Francis, who worked with the civil rights attorney, um, David, um, I guess it shines. Um, I guess they were on that Netflix docu- documentary, Who Killed Malcolm X. Um, so um, the DA Vance, um, his office said that it was taking a fresh look at the case. And one of Malcolm X's daughters, Aisha Shabazz. Said in a statement on Thursday that she hoped the long overdue exonerations would bring some peace to uh, Aziz's um, family and Islam's family. Full justice will not be served until all parties involved with the orchestrated killing of our father are identified and brought to justice, is what she said. Now, here is the thing about Malcolm dying, which is one of the most recognized. civil rights icons in history it's still an unsolved murder because the people who Mm -hmm. killed him walked away now do you know even the guy who was giving him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation was a police informant i mean sorry he was undercover police yeah the guy who was on stage trying to help him was an undercover police officer that's how many police was there so I know that it was kind of what I was saying about, you know, conspiracy theories. It's like, okay, this is not just a conspiracy theory. We know that there were undercover agents there, and we know that a couple of them shot him. That's why J. Edgar Hoover did not want them arrested because they felt that they were just going to roll and tell um, what the plot was. So they arrested two other fall guys. And railroaded him and threw away evidence. And they spent years in jail. I mean, I, I can't even remember how long they stayed in jail. But anyway, but you watched the documentary. But 20, 20 years. They went there 20 years. And, and, they, and they, they were arrested because they were the most militant people in the mosque in, in, uh, in Harlem. That's where Malcolm was from. So right. that's the reason they got So they tried to make it look like and Malcolm's they, people killed him. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they said the uh, Muslims did it, and it wasn't. It was, it was, you know, they well, they they said it was the most. They said it was a Muslim from the uh, mosque in New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. But I think mm-hmm. he's the one who got arrested. The one in a, well, maybe not. I don't know. But they well, were saying they, it was. No, no, he got, you're right. He's the one that got arrested. But there was two others from New Jersey. They said, and they said yep. the one guy was he was six foot four and he was a big burly guy. And they had pictures of him walking out. They said right. he's the one that pulled the uh, the shotgun out and shot at Malcolm. Man. And they, they had it in the FBI, the FBI files. They had it in the files of who it was. Yep. Yep, and they, and they were scared to arrest them because 
Jagger Hoover was afraid that they were going to tell everything that they know about setting him mm-hmm. up because you know those phone calls that were threatening him were coming from FBI folks. Like what they do in oh, civil yeah. rights cases, and this is mm-hmm. proven, is that it's the government that's antagonizing to make them fight. It's like um, mm-hmm. watching what happened in Ferguson when um, the guys who were breaking windows, the riot, the the people. I don't want to call them rioters. The people who were there were trying to get the white dudes to stop. They've got hoods on and stuff, you know, like hoodies, and they're breaking windows trying to get everybody else to loot and rob. But they were just antagonizing the crowd. And then there was one policeman where somebody in the crowd yells that the guy was a policeman, and they arrested the guy for yelling that the guy was a policeman. This is what we're dealing with, right? They keep... You know, making it look like, oh, they're just riding and they're just doing this. So, you know, you create an environment where you hate somebody and then you blame it on the people who you hate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's work. And, and speaking of misinformation, Alex Jones from the InfoWars host yeah. and right wing has been found guilty by default in all four of his defamation cases um, over the claims that Sandy Hook school massacre was a giant hoax. Yeah, people, kids got mm. killed because we were just faking their kids being mm-hmm. killed. So his conviction in all four lawsuits um, was first um, publicized Monday morning in a tweet from New York Times writer Elizabeth Williamson. Um, it is currently unclear of how much damages Jones and the other defendants will have to pay the families who filed the lawsuit. But last month, Jones was found liable for damages in three of the defamation cases that stem from his statements about Newtown, Connecticut school shooting in December of oh. 2012. Um, so here we go. He lost another one. They're about to break Alex Jones in InfoWars because he got damages in the first one. Now, I don't know why he's not going to jail either. Really? Right. Yelling fire yeah. in a theater is, you know, you can go to jail for that, causing public panic. Right. So you're building a whole network of conspiracy off of something that you know you're lying about. And they didn't now, I remember they gave, Yeah, what's that dude on Fox? Um, Tucker Car- Carlson. Mm-hmm. Every time Tucker Car- Carlson gets on there and lies, the reason they won't fire him is because Fox keeps saying, it's opinion, and that's not news. But then mm-hmm. news is reporting on Tucker Carlson like it is news. Right. So every time Tucker says something, they're like, you know, they went on Tucker's show and said this. Here is what mm-hmm. Ron, uh, what's his name, Jordan said. Here's what this guy said. Here's what Trump said. So you're treating it like news, but when it comes to being truthful or factual, you're saying, oh, that's not news. That's his opinion. You know what they should do? Mm. They should, like, every time they show his show on Fox, they should run at the bottom of the screen, this is all opinion. Yep, it's all opinion. Man. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, yep. That's what they need to do. Cause they, they should uh, brand know, it. Some of the stuff he says, you could just prove it's wrong. You could just look, you know, you could just sit there and prove it's wrong, but they don't, they don't, they let him, they let him run away with it. And yep. then Rupert Murdoch come out and said, Trump should go away, but you understood he's running all kind of Trump ads? The hell is wrong with him? Right, because the thing about those guys is 
they want everybody to be okay with the chaos that they're creating. So they create chaos, but then they want you to be okay with it. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you want this ticking time bomb going where people have stuff in their head and everybody's acting like everything's okay. And then when it blows up, you're like, want to be shocked. You're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe everybody's so upset. Who caused that? Gorilla. You planted it in their head and now you're surprised. Gorilla. Now, you know what I find interesting? Now, I have not done these stories. Um, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the January 6th insurrectionists. But on Wednesday, a federal judge imposed a 41-month sentence on that guy, that QAnon shaman, that's his quote, like that's his handle, um, for his role in the insurrection, right? This guy, Jacob um, Chansley, who's, who's 34. He expressed remorse. Mm-hmm. And spoke at length. That's what they said. He expressed remorse. I don't know what that means. He spoke at length about his to take responsibility for his actions. He said, like Gandhi, doing his um, hearing, um, earning from the, uh, um, I guess the presiding judge, a surprise comparison of Martin Luther King Jr. Like I mm. like how they just throw these names out. Like you should feel sorry yeah. for this. Right, and uh, prosecutors asked the U.S. District Judge to impose this longer 51-month sentence on him, who pled guilty in September of obstructing a gov- uh, official government proceeding when he and thousands of dotards supporters stormed the building in an attempt to stop Congress from certifying um, President Biden's election. Now, the sentence mm-hmm. matched one that was imposed by the judge um, and this mixed martial artist, um, Scott um, Fairlam, who was filmed punching a police officer during that time, he was also sentenced to 41 months last month, or last week, I'm sorry. Chansley is expected to receive credit for roughly 10 months that he's already been in jail. So he got 41 months. He's going to have 10 months, so he's going to be there 30 months. to wow. gonna reduce 31 months. He should have got longer. Again, if we tried to obstruct the country from doing its business, we would have got life for that because then they would have been saying things like, they're trying to disrupt our way of life and we can't let the terrorists win. They would have been calling them terrorists. They keep calling the insurrection, but they're not calling them terrorists because they can't because they're white, apparently. Exactly. They're, they're domestic terrorists. I call it like I see it. They're domestic, domestic terrorists, and they've been doing this stuff a long time. Yep. Yep. Now, a music executive who filmed himself sexually assaulting a woman while women, I'm sorry, while they slept after breaking into their apartment has been sentenced to four years in prison. Um, it was a light sentence. Only four? Yes. Only four. Wow. Only four. It left the victims mm. outraged, of course. So this guy, Adam um, Lubin, 45, a former vice president of the uh, music entertainment firm um, AEG, uh, was arrested two years ago and charged with sexually assaulting four women on several equa- occasions between 2015 and 19. And he's been out on a $1.2 million bail since his arrest in 2019 and was given a relatively light punishment after he pled guilty earlier this year to two counts of second-degree burglary and a sexual, sexually motivated felony. 
And he also pled mm-hmm. guilty two counts of first-degree sexual abuse. Wow. He filmed himself doing it, too. Mm. And he, that's all he got. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Now, now, I don't know what's going on in the music business, but we all know how, you know, since the R. Kelly case, everybody kind of points at him. But yeah. we have a Chicago-based record label CEO. He's fired after he and his wife are accused of setting up hidden cameras in their home and filming two women, two of their nannies naked. So Audio Tree founder Michael Johnston, 38, I should have played black or white, but it wouldn't, been, it wouldn't have been close, was arrested on felony charges of making an unauthorized video of recordings in the bathroom. Um, and the nannies are suing him. Wow. There we go again. What is the world? <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard to, to ask what is the world coming to because we can actually see what it's coming to, what it came to. It's already there. Now, a Chicago police union boss retired instead of being fired after calling Muslim people savages in a social media post. Launches a bid for mayor to challenge Lori Lightfoot. So he was a police union, uh, the head of the police union, announces they let him retire. And now he said he's going to run um, fair. He was a foul police officer, though. He was was what? He was foul. He was a foul police officer. Yeah, he was, man. He was horrible. And then they let him become a police union, uh, 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 police union head of police union. Now he's uh he's he's running for mayor. He's not gonna win though. But here here's the thing. Just like the other guy, right? Like the Rittenhouse guy. They're like, oh, let's give him a job working in Congress after he goes in in on camera kill some people he complains that people are chasing him down after he killed the first person of course they were chasing you down now he's like i felt like my life was in danger because you killed somebody right other people who were trying to stop him he tries to get on the stand not talking about the person he killed he's talking about the second and third person he shot saying like i feared for my life of course you should have you just killed somebody. Yes. So you're talking about unprecedented. That got to be crazy that you could kill somebody and then tell, go on the stand and cry, say that you fear for your life after you killed somebody. Really? Yeah. Only certain people get away with that nonsense. That's but they only cool. get away in certain areas with that nonsense. So that should tell you something. Now, a Texas State Guard member, 18, again, get the ages of these kids, 18 is arrested for setting a synagogue on Halloween on fire, causing $25,000 in damage. So cops said that he kept um, stickers with Nazi propaganda, swastikas, and journals describing his disdain for Jewish people. Guy Franklin mm. Barnett, um, um, I want to say it's uh, the rest is 18 has been arrested and charged with arson for setting that synagogue on fire on Halloween. He faces up to 10 years in jail if if he's convicted. But let's, let's all say this together. He's 18 years old. He is not going to do any time. I don't care how many, because that's, that's the way the world is looking, right? 20 year old girl, 20 year old guy rapes four women. Eh, he's good. 
uh, I don't know how old that riding house guy is. Eh, he kills a couple of people. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to ruin his life either. Right, we don't, want, we, don't want, we don't want him hurt. We don't want his life messed up. Well, <laughs> you know, you killed two people and took two people away from their family. We don't want his life messed up, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And again, it's why we're doing these news stories, right? Because every time we keep thinking it's just one, then we find out it's two, then we find out it's three, then we find out it's four. Yeah. Now, so here's another. Georgia man, 22, is charged with murder of a young couple after he, um, I guess, was, he was caught for severe break-in, including stabbing a cop. So the suspect's brother was shot dead by police after killing an officer at the Pentagon in August. So the 22-year-old Georgia man is a string of 41 charges, including felony murder, um, following a crime spree this week that left a couple dead and a policeman injured. Mm. 22. So we're going to see how this is going to go in a couple of weeks. You'll be hearing about a 22-year-old killed a couple of people and um, got a slap on the wrist because they don't want to ruin his life. Yep. <laughs> now, they're ruining black folks' lives in a heartbeat. In, in a minute, over a doggone phone. They'll be like, is that your yes. phone? Oh, matter of fact, no, I have that story. Here we go. So a black man is suing Miami PD for $500,000 after he was arrested for stealing his own car. He yeah, called 911 to report a theft, I guess, in his car, like somebody stole something out of his car. And so he calls the police. Miami police um, and, and five of his police officers now are getting sued for $500,000 because um, after they falsely arrested him in 2018 for stealing his car and calling 911, they still would not drop the charges initially, and they could have found out it was his car just by looking at his license. But they arrested him really? for stealing mm. his own car. Damn. Right? You can have your He's own gonna car win that one. arrested. Huh? He's going to win that one. We had a case like that in Illinois, man, where a guy got in Waukegan, Illinois. A guy got arrested for stealing his own. They pulled him over, and they said, your car is stolen. They said, this is my car. How is it stolen? And they took him to jail. And they, rough, yeah. they got him on video camera roughing him up. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. What to, I don't even know what to say about that. Like we, we just sick and tired is being tired of being sick and tired. So we're tired of being tired of being tired of sick and tired. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just too much. I with you. I am yeah, with not you, a my brother. I am yeah. with you. Yep. Now the family of Elijah McLean. Remember him who died after being injected yeah. with ketamine by uh, by cops and paramedics doing a, a wrongful arrest. Uh, remember he was walking mm-hmm. home from the store? Yeah. The city of Aurora in Colorado. Um, they settled for $15 million, apparently. So his mm. mom has settled the federal lawsuit against the city of Aurora um, for $15 million over the death of her son back in August 2019. Um, wow. I, I still say that wasn't enough money, but that's just me. No, it wasn't. We're going to go. Yeah. Now, okay, so since since we're running up against it, Americans are addicted to their phones, apparently. They said more than 40% of people check their phones, um, their cell phones, immediately after having sex. 40%. And more than half <laughs> after, <laughs> after sitting I... so long on the toilet that their butts go numb. 
They said 53 percent really? of people said that. I know. Wow. The poll found hey, that I'm while 90 percent of Americans use cell, cell phones regularly while on the toilet, I think that's crazy. About 53% said that it would scroll through apps for so long that their legs and their butts would go numb from sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, my Lord. Hey. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we need to turn the corner on your cell phone use if you got to go bring. Why would you bring your cell phone to the bathroom anyway? That's nasty, time. man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, I, don't, I don't even think we have a uh, – we don't have enough time to even talk about how nasty that is. But anyway. Man, how many germs on that sucker, everything else, man. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, you need to wash your hands. Wash something. But that's too much. Really? <laughs> but all right. All right, on that note, I guess we'll check you out next week. <laughs> well, it'll be two weeks, brother. We'll be off next week. Oh, that's right. All right, well, we'll see, see everybody in two weeks. All right, man. All right, brother, have, have a good, good one. Good. Have a good Thanksgiving, brother. All right, you too. All right. See you All next, right. next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.